Testified, I'm flying above the circle. I died to find that watch as I plan to show you and I climbed up the ladder. They don't know just what I'm holding. Electrify and lifting you up and over again. They can't define us and indestructible force to deal with. It never hurts. There ain't no mercy out on the streets, but I'm with my brother. He tagged me and kissed me. Body beat up. You can't do the serious, but we put you up and over again. Testified, I'm flying above the circle. Welcome to the Up and Over podcast, a professional wrestling podcast where a bunch of marks discuss pro wrestling, where none of our opinions matter and it's all a work anyway. Firstly, I'd like to introduce our eclectic duo from Wilmington, North Carolina. Firstly, Big Papa C. Cortland. And the former Scientologist turned pinball master, Patty Mills. Hey, yo. Pat has joined us on our Dallas, Texas WrestleMania adventure that I'm excited to document on the Up and Over podcast Twitter, which I'll get to in a minute. We it's also have fiasco. our <laughs> Cadillac Cowboy. And if I could remember everything that I was going to say for you, like Ethan, it's just gotten so out of hand. Coffee chugging Cadillac Cowboy champion of the Up and Over podcast, Ethan. There it is. All right, y'all. We got a vlog coming soon. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, man. Oh, Lord. Here we go. I blew my load early. (laughs) We also have the lifeblood of the Up and Over podcast with us today. As always, streaming from his living room that looks like a guest bedroom, the Bam Bam Bigelow enthusiast himself, Casey El Gordo Gringo. What the fuck am I supposed to say after him blowing his load? (laughs) You gotta blow it twice as hard, buddy. Oh my god. (laughs) We should just restart now. <laughs> Keep going, boys. No. Ethan, Ethan and I drove down to Atlanta, Georgia this past weekend for a GCW event, and I almost wrecked a car driving back three times. I had to beat the piss out of myself to stay awake. You have no idea how hard it is being Mike Klinsky. Fellas, this week we have All In, the inaugural event that really turned into All Elite Wrestling. But before we get there, we have some very sad news. Um, Cortland, I will give you the floor. For the personal one. The floor is yours, uh, sir. This week, uh, as of, we found out around 1 o'clock today, being Tuesday, that uh, Mike and I's friend Kirk uh, Lee from Myrtle Beach Skate Park uh, passed away. And I just want to give a minute to shout out him. He's an old wrestling head, super great heart, cared for everybody. Um, take the shirt off his back so that way you'd be warm. Um Definitely a good dude, and I just want to really stress that mental health is important. Reach out to people. There's always somebody who cares. Um, Rest in peace, Kirk Lee. Shred for the dead. Staying on some uh, unfortunate news, we in the wrestling world, we had uh, the unfortunate death of Scott Hall. Um, He just passed away. It was what 
yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. 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 So yesterday being Monday. Um, super sad. Kevin Nash's little um, memoir to him was beautiful. Triple H put out some words. I mean, you, you, the outpouring for Scott Hall has been tremendous. Seemed like a really, really great guy. Um, a terrible way to, to pass away, but um, lots of love to him and his family. Um, and then we also had Big E um, breaking his neck on SmackDown this past Friday in kind of a freak incident. Um or it was just like a belly to back or a belly to belly suplex like over the head and he just landed right on his neck from Ridge Holland. Uh, broke his neck, but he doesn't need surgery and hopefully he heals up. So Biggie, we love you. Um you're a yeah. gem and we can't wait for you to get better. Yep. Absolutely. Um in some positive news, I mentioned it earlier, but we finally convinced if you listen to last week's podcast at the end, you could tell we're all getting a little antsy. And uh, Ethan and I convinced Pat to buy a plane ticket to Dallas, Texas. So Pat will be joining us on our uh, excursion, if you want to call it that, for the weekend. Uh, we will be going to the Collective and potentially WrestleMania Night 1. Um, so, you know, I will be rocking the Up and Over podcast merchandise. Feel yes. free to stop us. <laughs> Say hey if you see us. Love to discuss some stuff with you. Um, with that said, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, uh, at Up and Over Pod. From there, you'll find all of our personal social media. Tell us that we suck. Tell us that we're doing a great job. Tell us that you want to hear this or that, and we'll cover some different events. Um, UpandOverPodcast.com uh, is where you will find all the stuff for the merchandise. Uh, you know, T-shirts, hats, shorts. Koozies, mugs, all sorts of things that we oh. have on there. Upandoverpodcast.com for all your up and over merch ideas. Fellas, does anybody want to add anything before we dive into this week's episode? Mm, I think that um, you guys should do a little recap of your weekend at the GCW event. Yeah. Um, quick recap okay. then. Uh so my brother Jeff uh Donnie, Donnie's partner, Christina, Ethan, and I drove from Columbia down to Atlanta. We attended Center Stage, which um, is a legendary WCW venue. Um, which once we got in there, I, I don't, I can't speak for Ethan, but it was fucking awesome. Uh, the layout was super cool. It was like really stadium seating, and yeah. so like nobody was really in front of you. They were like below you. It's just a really cool setup. Um, Five six hundred cap, like it wasn't a ton of people there, but um, it was enough to be loud. It was a blast. We had a really good time. Um, we met Nick Gage. Nick was that man was wild. I showed this him. Is, this is your second time meeting him, right? So I was like, Ethan was there. I was like, Nick, I don't know if you remember this, but in Chicago, somebody came up and showed you a tattoo that they got. That was me. And so I pull up my leg, and he goes, Yes, yes, that's saved on my phone. And I was like, firstly, <laughs> Nick Gage having a phone is <laughs> the, the tweets that went out when like he first got his iPhone and people being like, he just fucking FaceTime me right now. They're like, what the fuck is happening? I forget. It's who so great. It. I forgot. Ethan, it's great, though. Ethan put me onto a tweet that was like, Nick just walked up to me and was like, fucking watch this. And he used Siri to call somebody like that's the funniest shit in the world. <laughs> um so he was he was fun. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, El uh, El Gordo. No, uh, but, but before we pass by Nikki, oh, before yeah, we yeah. pass by Nikki. Oh, so dude. my favorite part of the whole thing was 
He's like, what's your name, man? What's your name? And he's like, all right, man, I fucking love you guys. Let's throw this one up. And they took the picture and said, and then let's fuck the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you will see those pictures if you go on the Up and Over Twitter. You should see it retweeted on there at some point. Um, it is it was fucking wild. He was super nice, like way different than the first interaction, which he was in his element ready to beat my ass. This yeah. time around, he was super, super cool. He was still like in gear, but we turned the corner and he's standing like a fucking oh, wax yeah, yeah, finger, yeah. bro. He's just standing there. See, like, just, we like, didn't know the catch. <laughs> we didn't know they were doing a meet and greet with him. And so oh, me yeah. and Mike are looking for the merch and we see the line and we just turn and start walking around. I turn the corner. I just see Nick Gage standing. <laughs> the way Literally they, just looking the way this. they painted it to me was that they turned the corner and there's a spotlight directly above yep, yep, yep. Nick yeah. Gage's head, so it's just shining down on him like a god. And he's just like in Nick Gage cool. stance, just like <laughs> they're just, like, what the he, fuck? <laughs> he was people watching. Um, I leave the Nick Gage. We got an eight by ten signed. Um, what? There's a lot on that eight by ten. It says fuck you, you suck, and then underneath it, it's like two Hulk Hogan. There's a lot on it. I'll send it in the oh. chat. It's a doozy. Um, I leave there and I'm just looking around. I'm walking with the 8x10 in my hand and Action Mike Jackson, who's like I don't know, 150 stops me and he goes, hey man, who's that autograph by? And I was like, oh man, just Nikki over there. Like, you know, just did a little meet and greet. Like, That's cool. If you buy a shirt, I'll give you a picture for free. And uh, I was like, man, he tried to pull some carny shit and get some money out of my pocket. <laughs> he tried to get me. He tried hey, to get me. That's yeah, yo, 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 yo. I'm going to give respect to Mike Jackson. At all these events, he's yeah. hustling better than Don't. anybody. So he's like, hey, what's up? You see this shit I got? What's up? And these aren't 8 by 10s I got these tapes, too. These yeah, are not 8 by 10s he's selling. It's a fucking it's like Polaroid. He, Nope, he took, like, a picture on, like, a Kodak disposable <laughs> and had them printed, like, ten times and is selling those. Fuck yeah, dude. It's sick. Uh, Christine ended up buying a shirt because she couldn't say no, and uh, he signed John 316 on the back. Fucking nuts! It's nuts. It's nuts. He tried to get me with that bullshit. I would have been pissed. I'm not even going <laughs> to uh, I would have been like, Action Jackson, I might be fighting. You what? accept returns, you old fuck. Yeah, come on, buddy. <laughs> you couldn't have put, like, Colossians on there? Or, like, what the hell is it? For Filipinos or whatever? Filipinos. My thing about it is... Genesis, where everybody starts dying? Like respect that. to Mike Jackson. <laughs> but I will go ahead and fast forward into the actual event. Um, God. Never mind. I'm not going to talk about what I wanted to talk about. Just do it. Who gives a fuck? Move along. I just want to um, give a shout out to the kid that was sitting below us. I say kid. He had to be about 18 years old. He's filming the whole event on his cell phone in portrait mode. No. He just sits there and records and then reacts out loud and is shaking the camera. And the biggest shout out of all to the old man with the bald crown sitting beside him. That was he had Hulk Hogan hair, y'all. Fuck. Yeah. He was, he was like, every time the kid would move, he'd go. And he'd be like. And then the kid got up to leave and he went. I don't. Th I don't think Ethan watched the event. What I the think fuck? Ethan just watched this old guy. <laughs> he watched. Uh, oh yeah. He watched the event on the portrait. <laughs> oh, me on the portrait yeah. mode of the phone. Looking him and everything. I'm like, brother, you got to fucking stop this shit. He was <laughs> just. Man. He was stuck in portrait mode watching <laughs> through this kid's vision. Dude, I found his Twitter and his YouTube. What Dude, I'm still upset you never gave me his Twitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, um, a lot of time on his hands. Holy shit. 
Uh, one thing before we moved on from the GCW event, I think it's super sick. One that obviously y'all went and y'all had a badass time, but being able to be there doing live tweets of it, posting it on Instagram, us getting reactions from GCW wrestlers, promoters, like it's a super huge thing. And we definitely appreciate any love that we get from anyone, yeah. but especially the companies that we ride for. Uh, and, it feels you, good uh... that like fans get interacted with, you know? So it's really sick. If you're not going to be watching those events, or if you wanted to see a live firsthand view, I'm not saying that I'm going to be tweeting from the Up and Over podcast Twitter when I'm in Dallas, but uh, I might be. Um, so it might be worth a follow there. Um, and and to give an extra plug, if you're not going to be able to make it to Dallas, there's a rumor going around that I just bought an iMac. And there's also a rumor going around that I'm going to have my phone cleared out with no nothing on it. Full of stories, ready to, for film to be made. I'm making a movie in Dallas. Starring <laughs> Hold on. Starring Patty Mills. Hold on. Starring Jeff Clinton. Starring the Fullers. Starring the Fullers. Dude, so, everybody. So, He's going to have shit. All right. All right. <laughs> We're, getting derailed here. We're getting derailed here. Um, I wanted to throw one thing in. Every time I, I try to promote something, y'all boot me out. It's not even that, Never, bud. bud. Never. It's not even that. <laughs> It's not that at all. Continue with your rehearsed shit, Michael. It's not rehearsed. <laughs> it's predetermined. It's <laughs> a word. It's not Y'all rehearsed. Are menaces, bro. Y'all are terrible people. I'm, so, I'm sorry. He fucking just <laughs> set up for me to hit it out of the Y'all park. Y'all are bad people. Um, I spoke oh, with Ringo Loco about. Any uh, any people being added to World on Lucha, and I was like specifically Aramis and Ares, and he was like we can't get them because MLW contracts, and then he said they won't let them go. Uh, so there's <sighs> that, you know, just getting some fucking news. But yeah, fuck me, dude, go make a movie in Dallas. Who really gives a fuck? Really, I don't care. Let's talk about MLW contracts. I don't want to talk not, about though. MLW contracts. Jesus fucking Christ, Court Bauer's gonna sue us. Oh, we don't great. have money. We really don't. <laughs> we don't have money. Don't. Buy our merchandise so when we get sued, inevitably, we have money we can pay for it. Trust me, cease and desist is coming. <laughs> There's no way. We already got hit on YouTube. It's been a mess. It's fucking been a shit I want to sign an MLW contract. <laughs> <laughs> we lose Ethan on the Up and Over podcast. Oh, man. That's God, like signing damn. Paul Heyman. You'll never get paid. Honestly, oh, God, man. All right, fellas. All right, let's dive into in? all. Fuck! Let's dive into all in. Uh, um, September first, 2018 at the Sears Center Arena, which is now called the Now Arena, uh, in Hoffman Estates, which is a suburb of Chicago, Illinois. Ethan, we've mm. walked those streets before, bud. Uh, 11,263 in attendance. <laughs> all in was birthed as a Twitter bet. Between Dave Meltzer and Cody Rhodes uh, in an exchange on May 16th, 2017, when some dork named at the WWE guy underscore said, do you think Ring of Honor can ever sell out an arena with 10,000 plus fans, something like Madison Square Garden? To which Dave responded, not anytime soon. Cody then quote tweets it and says, I'll take that bet, Dave. I already gave them their biggest buy rate. Put the Bucks and I on the card and three months to promote and then uh, copied Ring of Honor on it. Uh, tickets were put on sale uh, May 13th, 2018, and the event sold out in less than 30 minutes. Ethan, you got something to say, bud? <sighs> Somebody else, Cody Rhodes. You got Cody Hate? 
Get out early. No, oh, but I'm saving that for the garbage he's match. A, yet he's upset about the lore that I'm providing on this shit. I'm giving background to all in. He's feisty about it. Um, we dive into the event. We get the national anthem sung by somebody. Uh, and then Ian Riccoboni, Don Callis, and Excalibur welcome us to All In, uh, an event that Riccoboni calls, quote, a love letter to professional wrestling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this read to me as a death note for Ring of Honor. Oh my! Oh my God! That's called <laughs> foreshadowing, but <laughs> New Japan held him We're down. We're years early. Pulled the trigger. Nobody um, take it back a couple months. They did this themselves. Let's move oh along. Oh my God! Our first match of the night is uh, Maxwell Jacob Friedman versus Matt Cross. My first note on this entire event with a match is on paper, Cortland should love this match. Um. It was a great opener, albeit a safe and boring one. Uh, MJF's heel work throughout this almost seems like elementary compared to what we've seen in AEW, so it's cool to see where he was and where he is now. Um, Cross sold the shit out of his arm throughout this. He really put on for MJF through this. Uh, and I love that Excalibur mentioned that Cross was running the indies for 20 years. Like It felt good for him to get that platform and get talked about. Um, anyway, Cross wins with a shooting star press. It was fine. Wasn't offensive. I went gentleman's three on it. Thought it was great. Cortland. I loved this match purely for uh, my brother Jordan is a huge Matt Cross fan. We found Matt Cross on Backyard Wrestling PS2 game as M Dog 20. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm a huge Matt Cross fan. I've always enjoyed his work. Seeing him with what I know now is who I believe the greatest heel of the last 20 years in pro wrestling and uh just seeing like mike said how he has grown since then um matt cross is very giving in this match which is awesome uh they do really good work together and i gave this match three and a quarter and i gave that extra quarter for jordan Mm, give him him his flowers because jordan fucking loves matt cross and it's super sick to see a matt cross match that he gets a good platform not a lot of bad stuff in it. It does its job. It's a good opener. And, I mean, any opener that gets, like, the gentleman's three or around it or an event that is not, like, a promotional company solely doing it, like, we're going to get into it. But, like, All In is not your, like, this is literally the first time they're ever trying this. So, like, it has its hiccups and problems. But their first match wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, it was good. Uh, Pat, what you got, man? I uh, went three stars as well. Um, Gentlemen's three. Um, it's a good opening match. Like you said, Mike, I agree. It is crazy to see uh, MJF's growth and seeing like what we see or like what we know now from him and seeing him then. Like it's crazy. Um, I think Corlin brought to my attention earlier that he's only three years into his career at this time. At that time, so, yeah. So like, or yeah, at that time. So it's like. And he wrestles beyond his it's, years it's in this match, and he's only gotten better since then. Yeah, it's yep. it's 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 really impressive. Uh, Matt Cross, most beautiful shooting star press you could fucking still <laughs> see. This is a really really great match, great opener. Um, you know, three three stars, gentlemenly. Keep it chill. Ethan, what'd you go on the match, sir? Um, I went two and a half on the match. Um, real quick before I get to the match, I'm not gonna shit on it. I thought it was a good match. Um, Excalibur, Don Callis, and Ian Riccoboni. Is that how you say his name? Riccoboni. 
Um, that's the commentary team on this one. I just think it's sick that this was the start of Excalibur getting the chance to be put in front of a mainstream audience. Um, I really have always thought he was a fucking phenomenal commentator and seeing him get this chance, you know, obviously we know it led to a lot more, but this was probably the biggest night of his life, you know, at yeah, this point. At the um, time, yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, the match, it was a good opener. Um, I like seeing MJF. It was just cool seeing the trajectory of MJF from here to now, because when I see MJF on this, as I'll detail later, it felt like one of the only AEW things on the show to me. Um, Cause a lot of this stuff didn't feel like AEW because I mean, it wasn't AEW. I mean, it started that journey, but certain little things on here stick out. And I'm like, I totally see why Tony Khan plucked this person or this angle and stuck it back when they started AEW. And MJF's one of those things, obviously. I just love that he had that same music. Has he always, did he use that music on the indies? I have no idea. I know that he was a champion in CZW, which blows my yeah. mind when I yeah. talk about who MJF is and like what yeah. CZW was. Like, yeah, it's like it's, further apart. Dude, I, I thought MJF just was, I don't know. I didn't know he was on the indies low key because I didn't watch yeah. the indies like that around this time. So when I heard that he was in CZW and then I saw him in PWG a couple of times, I'm like, dude, this guy shouldn't, he's too good for this shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just like, mm. it's just weird. I um, mean, too. I don't mean to abruptly switch, but one of the commentators kept calling him M. Jeff. Excalibur was. It was Excalibur. He says it like me off. into the. He's like M. J. F. Or as I prefer to call him, M. Jeff. That shit was making me mad. <laughs> <laughs> There's only been a handful of things that Excalibur's ever done that I haven't liked. That's one of them, and I'm so glad Tony Khan. I'm I'm giving you know Tony Khan may not have nothing to do with him stopping saying that, but anything good on this show, I'm giving Tony Khan credit for because these boys. <laughs> They took having friends too far on this show. He's but, Booker of the Year when he wasn't even a Booker. It's, it's yeah. Crazy. <laughs> um, but and then M Dog Twenty Man, you know, he was never one of my favorites, but he's always been around. You know what I mean? And he mm-hmm. deserves this moment. So it was cool just seeing him get to come out to an arena of 10k in America for the first, and probably who knows if he'll ever get it again. No, yeah. I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, no, no, you're. 100% is he right. signed anywhere? I, I don't know. So. I doubt it. Did he get locked into a an MLW contract that we you don't think know? He's of? controlling his narrative. I fucking I, hope to God he's not. M Dog Twenty is too smart for that. I would. I would Dude, always. that would be Jordan's fucking luck. <laughs> oh god. He is. He is locked into an MLW contract. I call it. Ass. I knew it. <laughs> you know, it's like is it, signing an MLW contract basically. Making yourself disappear from the actual wrestling world for a couple of years. It's like signing like a 360. It, it's like signing a WWE. There's some on people that still are around. Are dead. Like Gino Medina, he still works independent shows, but like that's it. Like you don't really see anybody else. Like yeah, it's weird. Um, anyway, uh, what you you went two and a half on it, Ethan? Two and a half. Yeah, good All good right. opener. You know, it's it's not your you know, crazy opener you'd expect from one of these type of shows, but it's suffice. It was safe for sure. Um, Casey, I feel like you're going to shit on this whole event, bud. But go ahead. It's all no, you. I, I was fair about all of it. There's some problematic fucking people on this card, so it's going to be hard. But, like, I think calling this match safe is probably the reason why I gave it a two and a half. Because, like, you do have, like, I, I like Matt Cross. Like, I loved watching him in Lucha Underground. Like, I was like, holy fuck, like, this 
fucking dude can move. But like, I think what was his name? Son of Havoc. Son of Havoc. Um, and yeah, like it is. It's impressive to see MJF at this time versus like he was just in a fucking dog collar match. Like, like what he becomes. And I think just because like, I don't think he really does well working with someone that does all this crazy shit like Matt Cross does. Yeah. But like it works really well. Like they did good, but I don't I just don't think stylistically it was the best matchup. So like it's fine. I, I think it was a good way to start it because there wasn't anything to be like, oh well they just fucked up right off the bat. So like two and a half and we're moving on. <laughs> Shout out to the straight edge king, uh Matt Cross. Sorry. Um we, I feel like the best match that we would have gotten on this was actually part of the pre-show. Um, before we get too far down the road, we had SoCal Uncensored, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky versus the Briscoe Brothers. Yeah, um, which apparently was fucking excellent. So I actually wasn't that on like WG in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah like it was wild so as fuck, weird, yeah. dude. So weird. I remember when that happened. I was like, WG in America? Like, oh, like, what? <laughs> what? What um, what shows used to come on that fucking network anyway? ROH. Buddy. Oh, was no. it ROH? For a little bit. ROH just had like 17 different syndications. That's true. That it was true. like, it literally, because I, I, for a while, especially during this time, I really tried to to watch ROH, and then it would be like, wow. fucking, bless you. this month you're watching it on this channel, and in two months you're watching it on this one, and I'm just like, I fucking gave up. Like, it was so hard. Because at this time, we really did have, like, they had an amazing roster of fucking people, and granted, most of them, you know, fucked right off on uh, other things, but, like, th- it was at least a good point, so it was like, I wanted to try, but yeah, it was like every other month, they were getting hopped around to something else yeah um ian riccoboni says we're going backstage with sean mooney to interview christopher daniels and uh that didn't happen uh right. we got uh, him interviewing nick aldis instead um aldis says there's a reason there are ten thousand plus in the sears center tonight and that reason is the nwa world heavyweight championship Nick Aldis uh, with the longest run-on sentence of my life. Dude, it's wild. <laughs> <laughs> he says, it's the reason why Cody's here to etch his place in history, but to do that, he'll have to do it at the expense of the national treasure, and that's not something Aldis will be extending to Cody Rhodes. Um, then we get Stephen Amell uh, with some dork that was on Arrow with him, uh, taking on Christopher Daniels, who came out with Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian with special guest referee Cortland's favorite, Jerry Lynn. Um... This was a really fun outing for Amel, uh, who really didn't have much exposure outside of like the tag match in WWE. Um, Daniels felt like the perfect guy to put in there with him, somebody that's safe, that knows what the fuck they're doing, and they, they had really good chemistry. Um, Amel really showed out, like the coast-to-coast popped me big, thought it was great, uh, and then the fucking diving shoulder block elbow drop thing through the table, and the table exploded on the outside, looked great, it was an awesome visual. Um, after that, you had like a, it looked like it was going to be a double count out and Jerry Lynn said, nah, fuck a bunch of that slides to the outside, rolls them back inside. And then, uh, they keep going. Daniels picks up the victory after landing the best moonsault ever. And post-match the two men shake hands. I have to tuck in the post-match stuff because Cortland will add it before I can. 
Yes, you do. I went two and three quarters, man. I thought it was good. Uh, again, not offensive. I thought Stephen Amell, of all like the celebrity people, like he's done it well, man. I thought he did a really good job here, and Chris Daniels is uh, is a god. Ethan. Yeah, I'm about on the same page as you. Um, uh, just to preface some of this, this is my first time watching this show as a whole. The only matches I watched when this happened um, were the main event, Omega, Penta, and Cody and Aldis. So all the rest of the stuff's my first time looking at it. Um, I really didn't know what to expect. What match did Stephen Amell have in WWE? Was it with Ziggler? No, it was, uh, it was Cody Star- Stardust. Yeah, Stardust and somebody else versus him uh, and Neville. Because then yeah. like, there was that, and then he had like one or two matches in ROH. Okay, Ran, he, he well, had, he's only had like honestly, I think up until this point, there's like three, maybe four matches. I think he was a fucking Bullet Club member. Like we just we're all yeah. over the fucking place, <laughs> dude. I got the flag on my wall, and I didn't even know that shit. That's the thing. Like this 2018. I, I'm not even going to go on. It was uh, Amel and Neville versus uh, Stardust and King Barrett at SummerSlam. Oh, Barrett. I haven't oh, heard they, his name in they, did, they did the two arrows together. Oh, yeah, so okay. That makes yeah. sense. But um, <laughs> I went three That's stars. That's WWE logic. You went three? I went, I went three flat. It was just a blast. I mean, Stephen Amel, and just to give him credit for coming in here and if someone didn't know he wasn't a wrestler and didn't know he was an actor, I don't think they would know the difference. You know what I mean? Um, and Daniels, I love his 2016 to 2018 run for whatever reason. Like, he just fucking had so many bangers. And not that this was one of the greatest matches he had during that period, but this is just another little time where he's just on his shit, and it's just so easy for him to fucking float Steven through this match. So, yeah. I, I feel like his, uh, like he was able to stay relevant at like even longer than expected due to like him getting that ring of honor championship win when like 2015 right 2017 yeah yeah and like just the feeling of that match and how important it was to him like the whole locker room coming out like that added years to his career and added so much more credibility that's like you want a world championship in this company in 2004 2005 and for you to pull out it again in another company a decade later it's crazy man it to- it totally rejuvenated his career not to jump off yeah. onto that tangent but like i love that run that he had when he went back it's for crazy. that belt like and i like daniels back in the mid 2000s but seeing him come back and go back this is amazing but three stars on this match for me Casey. who's next i gave it two and three quarters I think this is probably one of the best celebrity matches, like, probably ever. Like, and it probably gives credit to the fact that he is actually athletic and can do shit, but then also the fact that Christopher Daniels is fucking amazing. Um, and, like, that that Coast to Coast is fucking great. <laughs> it was great. I, I forgot about it, because, like, I watched this, I, I paid for it, I'd watched it night of, and I completely forgot that he did it, and I'm like, oh, shit, like, he fucking goes for it. And then, yeah, we also have Jerry Lynn, like, getting ready to fight everyone, because he's like, I'm getting a three count in this shit, and I won't hear anything otherwise. But, yeah, it was, yeah, it was good. Casey, is your favorite celebrity match of all time LT Bam Bam? I just need to know. Clearly. Okay. Um, that question. Pat, Pat, what you got? Two and three quarters. 
Um, I could have gone three star. I'm teetering between two and three and three, honestly. Um, because it was a good match. It was a really good match, and like like uh, Casey says, probably one of the best celebrity matches you'll probably ever see. You know, what I'm saying there's no love for Bad Bunny on this podcast, but it's all good. You know, yeah. Yo, I got don't worry. There's there's yeah. three celebrity matches this year that I'm pretty sure aren't going to take this one. So <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're not too you're lying. not too big on Knox. All right, <laughs> John Knoxley. You're nah. not too... <laughs> Just not going to go down that road right now. All right, no, it's all good. But yeah, I gave it three stars. Uh, Stephen Amell showed the fuck out. I believe uh, Christopher Daniels is a fucking king, and I feel like deserves his flowers every chance you could possibly get. Anytime he's mentioned, you know, I'm never going to say a negative thing about him uh, because he is one of the goats, man. I feel like he's very underrated. Bro. I don't think he's underrated. I just think he's understated. Underappreciated. Underappreciated is the, is the term, yes, for sure. Um, and, you know, he held this match together. Uh, Stephen Amell showed out, though. I mean, the table spot was insane. The coast to coast was fucking beautiful. The fact that, uh, you know, you see the little things like Christopher Daniels, like, adjusting to, like, the inexperience, but still making it look like he was fucking butter. Like, it was just, it was just a great match. You had the moonsault. Oh, yeah. You had the moonsault, for example. When he missed the moonsault, it was only because, you know, Stephen Mel was out of place. But he didn't make it look like it was his fault. You know, he just kept it moving, kept it going. I, I just I think it was fucking beautiful work from both men. I like so, it. Yeah. Cortland. I went three stars. I enjoyed it. I like the urgency from Amel. Like Ethan said, you wouldn't tell that he's not a pro wrestler. I have written down that this doesn't feel like a celebrity wrestling. It feels like a wrestler who became a celebrity. You know what I mean? Um, and like if you've watched the show Heels, like you can tell that like he's actually wrestling in this show. He's been wrestling and training uh, for a while, um, and I believe he's like trained with CM Punk and. Like a whole list of fucking people he's trained with. So um yeah, man, I I love to see it. Hopefully we get him back into the ring uh sooner than later because you're great at it. You know, I think there's little stuff in it like uh just like Daniel's kicking out of like a near fall and him immediately getting up and kicking him and going to the next spot. Not him like pandering to the crowd or like him looking confused like what's the next spot. Like he knew what he was doing next. He knew how to get to it. Uh, and he made it look like every single move was important because it was. So uh, for that, it's definitely three stars. I enjoyed it. Kept me entertained. I like it. I like it. Um, Stephen Amell, I do believe, was the guy that got CM. He was working with CM Punk in ring to get Punk ready for his re-debut, like for his comeback. Um, so shout out to him. Yeah. Um, we have... Uh, Tennille Dashwood and Mandy Leone joining the broadcast team as Don Callis bounces out to go be with Kenny Omega in the back before his match. I just got a text. I got to be with Kenny. <laughs> he was a dork even on this, man. But I it's, it's endearing how much of a dork he is, you know? Cyrus the virus, dude. He's a the, god, the, man. The, the, the bigger god. dork of this commentary team was fucking Ian Riccoboni, though. Oh, oh my god. god. But I love him, man. I love him. That man plugged Cracker Barrel 17 times. He just kept being like, Cracker Barrel did this for us. Dude, it's a mess. Uh, Casey, this is coming to you right after I read my shit, so uh, I'm really glad that you get this one. Uh, We have Tessa Blanchard versus Madison Rain versus Chelsea Green versus Britt Baker in a four-corner survival match. Um, Britt Baker coming out of Adam Cole's theme is fucking good shit, y'all. It's good shit. Yeah. Um, 
speaking of Baker, uh, she, again, much like MJF, um, seeing where she's at now compared to where she was, super fucking cool. Um, probably my favorite spot of the match was her, like, triple sling blade. I just thought it was done really well, and it looked awesome. Uh, and the crowd was going wild for it, and commentary put her over for it. I thought it was good. Um, Tessa Blanchard was very obviously, like, the most seasoned wrestler in this match, and, like, the most confident in her work. I see Casey getting more and more angry as I talk about this. Uh, it just felt like everything that she did was important and, like, would have fucked somebody up, so... Uh, it's too bad she's an actual dog shit human being. Um, most unseasoned person. Like a literal <laughs> fucking menace. Um, Chelsea Green really surprised me on this, man. I don't think I'm too well versed in her stuff before like this post-WWE Cardona run she's doing through the indies. Um, so it was super cool to see her uh, have really cool moments, and she worked her ass off in this. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um Blanchard picks up the win after a hammerlock DDT that was a breakup that wasn't a breakup. It was a little bit messy at the end. Uh, post-match, the four women hug in the ring. I didn't find this necessarily offensive. Two and three quarters. I thought it was fine. Casey, what you got for me? Um, The first thing I have, just from, <laughs> ro- lo- just from looking at, like, watching this match, is how fucking aggressively stiff Blanchard is. That is my first she- Beats the that's shit. That's why everything looks important. Is because yeah. she's trying to hurt them. There's a couple. That's, sh- that's very. Sh- I literally have. Um, she's so stiff. She worked, re- she worked really tightly. Is what I have here. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, like fucking tiger, Mike. Like, so here's the deal, dude. <laughs> if I have to see her do that fucking thing yeah. again, I'll fucking. I'll. I'm. I, I will unalive myself. There was one um, point in time I legitimately thought she knocked out Madison Rain. Like, I, it scared the fuck out of me. I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, it was a little alarming. Um, yeah, all of her elbows were way, way too fucking stiff. I will say, for it being, like, uh, a Four Corners women match, the timing of everything is done really well. Yep. Like, I'm not saying that they can't do it. I'm not trying to get into anything on that. I'm just like, it was everything was fucking just on point. Everyone knew where they needed to go. I feel like fucking, uh, even though Tessa might have looked like the most seasoned person, I think all a lot of the flowers need to go to Chelsea Green. I think she's the one that kept a lot of it together. She was in sure. almost all of the main spots. She hits the nastiest fucking unprettier, though. Oh, oh my god, I forgot god. to even write that down. Love it was like a jumping spike. She, yeah. she goes for it, she sets it up, she jumps up, and then dr- drives it. it. I forgot that she did it at this time. It she did it twice. And I was like, good yeah. lord, this is the... I was I like, I, <laughs> I'm surprised no one does it, but also I'm, I can kind of understand why, because you're kind of nosediving someone's head right into the mat. Um my last match, or my last note of this match is that it's a shame that an asshole won because, like, it is a really good match. Like, I really love it for the women's match. I gave it two and three quarters, but, like, if you just get rid of the one, just take her out, we would have probably just gold. Before I pass it to Cortland, I, f- I wanted to make mention of this. Madison Rain was great through this. The only note that I had that I didn't even write down, I was like, oh, Madison Rain, I wonder what else she's done. Like, I, you know, just, again, not well-versed in it. Looked it up. She's married to Josh Matthews, so, like, fuck that guy. Um, anyway, Cortland. 
Shit, you learn. Oh, um, y'all didn't know that? Fuck no, I didn't I know that. He's a fucking dork. <laughs> really is. I knew, unfortunately. It's only because he blocked me on Twitter back in the day. So yeah, so fuck Michael research. Cole for blocking me. Fuck Josh Matthews for blocking Ethan. Soft-ass motherfuckers. Courtland, Admittedly, though, I did used to hate tweet Josh Matthews when I was like 18. <laughs> so. What the I admit, I used to tweet him every night on Impact and be like, God damn, you fucking suck. Just stupid <laughs> shit. <laughs> stupid shit, man. I mean, but right, was it true, though? And... Floor is yours, sir. Uh, uh, this is hard for me, man. Like, uh, I uh, I enjoyed this match because I do think Chelsea Green is the glue to this match. It's great to see the trajectory of what we know about Britt Baker now. It feels like watching it, watching her you're like man she's gonna be a star like you could feel it um and the crowd felt it too the crowd was really behind this match which i feel like is really what gave me the rating i gave it um i gave it three and a quarter i think everyone hit their cues right where they needed to be um i do wish that the finish was a little better uh but i do like the idea of them trying to save the finisher or like not the finisher but the finish finish. like them diving for but them not getting there. Uh, I think their timing was just, one of them was just too off. Just too fast. So the other tried to jump with her, you know? Yeah. Um, So they both jumped early, but I mean, overall, uh, I think it was a hell of a showcase for indie women's wrestling, Uh, especially when at this time you look at the other channel and there's only three women that are even going above mid-card. Uh, in other companies on television. They're not getting this platform or even half the amount of time. So uh, it's really cool to see. I love it. Pat. Um, okay. I was fully prepared to give this match three and a half stars. And then... And I mean, and, and, it, and it deserves three and a half it, stars, bud. in my opinion. Who gives a fuck? It's your ratings. Uh, I, I'm not going to do that. Um, I was fully prepared to. It, it's a good match. It's a, it's a great match. It's a great showcase of women's wrestling, as you guys have said. Uh, Chelsea Green is a fucking queen in this match. Britt Baker just showed you who the fuck she was going to be in the next few years in this match. You know, Madison Rain had some good spots. Tessa Blanchard was in the match as well. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, look. <laughs> Look, I, I was thinking about calling her Tully's daughter, yeah, but t- I just did. Yeah. Tessa was in the match as well, and she had good. Uh, she was there. Flurries. She was doing some stuff that looked good. You know, I was thinking that one spot where she almost landed on her head. If only, you know. But like, Holy <laughs> shit. yep, yep, no, no. Yeah, no. man, no. Oh. Add her to the list. Add her to the list. Casey is making a note. I can literally see it. <laughs> Dude, don't job. make a note, man. Um, Tess yeah, I mean, is a fucking... Like said, <sighs> nice three and a half stars, and then the ending happened. And it's not necessarily T- Tessa winning. It's Tessa winning and the way it happened. Like, it just kind yeah. of fucked me. So I dropped it down to, like, two and three quarters. That's she wasn't in the match, you know. It could have been a five-star match. Who fucking knows? But who knows? Oh, you know? <laughs> All right, Ethan. Here we go, bud. I'm on board with you. Let's get it done. Why did you save go. me for last? Because uh, I know I do this as much as I can to give you the floor when everybody said their piece, and I know you feel strongly about one person or another. 
and I know what's coming. So go ahead, bud. Let it loose, you southern psycho son of a bitch. <laughs> well, I went three stars on the match because it's just fine. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not going to compliment anything Tessa Blanchard does because fuck Tessa Blanchard. I mean, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I'm going to focus more so on the fact that, you know, when she did get outed for all the shit she had done, I love that a lot of women's wrestlers, like, I don't know if y'all remember, but like Rebel was someone who spoke out. A lot of different, you know, known names now were the ones being like, nah, this girl's really fucked up. Like, she treated the other girls like shit. She said racist shit. She spit at people in Japan. Just, you know, I feel like it came from like a, I don't know, I think she just thinks she's hot shit. I don't know. But it just, I don't want to focus on what she did. I want to focus more so on what this match was for the women in independent wrestling and what would become AEW and what the women speaking out against her was for women's wrestling. Because I think it's sick that, you know, they realize, they realize, you know, we're, we can make a difference with this opportunity we've been given. And in 2020, they were like, we don't need that. That's going to just hold us back. Having yeah. somebody around here doing nothing, but that's just bringing it down. You well, know she had I mean? a so, fucking rocket strapped to her. Yeah. So yeah. Like, you can only imagine that if, if everyone just harbored the shit that she was doing, like yeah. where she could have ended up. And it's just... You know, think about how hard it was for them to speak out against her being Tully's daughter. I mean, dude, you know what yeah. I'm saying? It had... Uh, it had to happen for the pure fact that I know women don't want to. They saw what May Young and um, Fabulous Moolah did to a lot of women's wrestlers, mm-hmm. and I feel like it came a time where like a lot of that stuff was starting to come to light. Like people had spoken out about their time in Mexico. Women had spoken out about their time in Japan. Like, um, because so many women in pro wrestling have dealt with mental health issues, and it's because of what's been projected on them industry um yeah so like it's super fucking important for women to feel the strength to call out somebody even if it's somebody that is supposed to be standing beside them and like leading this charge like if you want a revolution make sure the person that you want to be the forefront of that revolution represent everyone and not just themselves yeah yeah and and just the, the the courage it takes to stand up for someone whose dad is a is a fucking legend. Yeah. You know and what I mean? Like, they can, you know, stepdad is also because it's Magnum TA is their fucking like stepdad. So she has yeah, like, yeah. two two legends yeah. back in yeah. her. So it's fucking really hard to be like your daughter's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just wanted to do that rather than just shit on Tessa this whole match because we all know how terrible of a person she is, but. I think this match was meant to elevate the women and show the importance of what the women what what the women wrestling is in independent wrestling and what it would become in AEW, um, rather than fucking focus on her ass. Um, Chelsea you think she's going crazy. to control your narrative? Right, they probably got a spot for her. I tell you that. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise uh, me. Dude, I'll They'll let you spit on anyone you want. We got a room just for spitting. <laughs> Got Tessa Blanchard versus Sexy Star. That's going to be the controlling narrative of this match. Ethan, continue, please. Jesus Christ. Uh, Chelsea Green, though, I had never seen any of her work until the last year. So seeing her here doing this thing was cool. Um, And Madison Rain, I mean, I've watched her in TNA for a long time. So good on her for getting this spot, too. Um, Three stars flat from me. It was a little clunky. A little clunky here or there, but they fucking put in the effort, and I respect three of these women. So, yeah. 
Ah, oh, man, here we go. Um, all right, we go um, immediately to the Nick Aldis, Cody Rhodes. Who are you going to pitch this to, Mike? You. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got that Uno uh, reverse card just right back to you, dog. <laughs> we get Nick Aldis with Jeff Jarrett, Tim Storm, and Sean Davari coming out. He's the champion versus Cody Rhodes, your challenger, coming out with DDP, Tommy Dreamer, and Glacier, and Cody Rhodes' brother-in-law. Why, the fuck why, why did we need two Goldberg-length entrances with Entourage? Brother, it's a big moment. And the first note that I have, and this is for the NWA World Heavyweight That's my fucking response to this match. Just let me fucking fuck. God, Casey. This felt like this was the match on the card. It felt like the whole card was really built around this. Which, at the time, Cody was like, I'm the guy, right? And so, Aldis had been on a tear in NWA. Cody was really getting his footing post WWE and this felt like the breakout moment for him um like where he was going to be like a superstar and like do his shit um I really enjoyed the match when I watched it live man like I remember back in 2018 I was like this fucking rocked but now watching it in 2022 I'm like oh this is the exact same self-indulgent Cody Rhodes bullshit that we deal with every week on AEW um <laughs> we just weren't used this- to it yet that's exactly it, man. Aldis worked heel throughout this, which he wasn't doing in NWA at the time, and he did it really well. Um, Cody got to bleeding like pretty well, pretty quickly, and uh, he was he was garnering sympathy pretty well. Terrible uh, job doing that blade. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He gets to bleeding quickly, but getting him to actually bleed takes like four and a half minutes. Yeah. He has to do it um, twice. Listen, I'm not trying to shit on anybody here. I'm going to say my opinion. I'm going to say my opinion. Nick Aldis bores the fuck out of me. Yes! Um, He does nothing for me. He's like lukewarm water. It's just forgettable. Um, (laughs) Cody Rhodes. Okay. Um, I I didn't write any any spots down about this match, man. I just have Cody sitting down on the sunset flip attempt for the pinfall. And the crowd goes fucking bonkers. It didn't offend me. But it wasn't good. Uh, two and a half stars. It was fine. Uh, Ethan. Okay. You I'm hurting Cortland's feelings. I can tell I'm hurting Cortland's feelings. You should save Ethan. Uh, hmm? No! Let Ethan no. Fucking Ethan's boil. about to be fired up. He's had this whole time that I've spoken to get fired up, and he started to because he was talking over me at the same He was, like, reacting to what I was saying. And that means Ethan's got some good shit. Ethan, you're on deck. Ethan, you're in gorilla position. Ethan, your entrance is hitting. It's your go. So, I don't know quite where to start with this whole charade. Um, <laughs> my first thought is this. You mean the Black Parade? <laughs> <laughs> my first thought, I guess, that I'll start with is, yes, Nick Aldis. I've had people left and right since 2012 telling me, dude, I love Magnus. Check out Magnus. Dude, Magnus is good shit. Then he goes to NWA, Nick Aldis, dude, Nick Aldis. And I'm just like, man, I ain't never seen that. That man's never inspired me to feel any sort of emotion in my life. <laughs> and <laughs> and so just know on that, no disrespect to Nick. I'm sure him and Mickey are doing great. So respect to them for that. Hardcore country. God I mean, hey, he's got, hardcore, <laughs> no, he's got a hardcore country girl for his hardcore English. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my thing here with this is 
when I watched this initially, I wasn't over the moon about it because I was on the fuck Nick Aldis train for six years at this point. But I was also newly fresh to the rejuvenated Cody train. I will admit, I liked Cody at this point when this happened. Everybody um, did, Come man. on. There's not a single fucker. That Everyone was on his didn't. side. Exactly. exactly. So my thing with it is because he started showing up on the Indies in Japan and I thought it was forced. But then when he started doing this whole thing and sparking this movement, you get invested in this guy, right? And then you get invested even more because this match is so important to him because of his dad. And we all love Dusty. And, like, Cody never got his due in WWE. So you're invested, right? And so you watch this in 2018 when it was happening. You think this is fucking great because it's like, damn, I've never seen Cody do this type of shit. He's never been treated like a star, you know, and he played that role well. But here's where the ship fucking sinks. And this is why Cody's not in AEW anymore. Because this Cody Rhodes we saw September 1st, 2018, it's the same exact 2AT. No development, no growth, no character depth. It's the same one we saw before he left AEW. There's been nothing. Not saying he needed to turn heel, but you need to read the room. Something. Huh? Dude, what do you mean, man? He had he a match with... Something. Yeah, dude, what do you, you mean, know, though? He, he had a match against Shaq. I mean, come on now. God, he had Snoop Dogg do the entrance for him. It's just, he had Snoop Dogg do the entrance for him, but So my biggest takeaway from this was in its time, in its moment, it was good. But looking back, I'm not going to say it was good because we know where this led to. You know what I mean? And we know that Cody didn't learn or really even, you know, take anything away from getting his big shot to do all this. He just was like, oh shit, I can be the fucking crazy hero in peril now. I can be the good guy now. Everyone loves it. I'm going to run it in the fucking ground because I love feeling this way. And that does nothing for me. So yeah. Also, what move sent him to the outside before that blade job? It was something minimal, right? Yeah, he, the nigga fell out the ring, bro. He, he, slides, <laughs> he, the ring. he slides out and then, like, all this, like, jumps from, like, the top turnbuckle, I think, and, like, elbows him in the in the forehead. Ah, and then he yeah. fucking army crawls his ass underneath the timekeeper's table and is just, like, fucking, eh, yeah. Eh, yeah. yeah, and then eh. when he gets up, he, like, fucking shoves the table, like... He shoves like, his table like he wasn't there. The he out. shoves DDP out of the way. Or yeah. he, DDP gets shoved out of the way. He's not bleeding, so he has to get knocked back down to go back under the timekeeper's table to re-blade himself. And then he yeah. comes up and he's fucking just Triple yeah. H gushing blood. It's just <laughs> it's just like... He got blade um, so t- Like, when you think about how Cody went in AEW, like... To me, the lesson of this show, and I missed it um, in the last match because I wanted to mention it. You know, I feel like, you know, because I'm assuming Tony Khan was watching this show, you know, and he was there. You know, wasn't that's he? why he wanted to do AEW, huh? He, like, they met he, together, I thought. Like, he was like, right? in the, he's like either in the crowd or like he was definitely okay. there. Like, this was, this so, was you know, definitely I feel like, the seats. once again, you know, with the women's match, I feel like, you know, he saw Britt. You know, and then the other ones, he was like, all right, you know, I don't think they're meant for what I got going on. And just like with this match, it's like, I feel like if it was up to him, Cody may not have ever really been a part of AEW because this, you know, it goes to show Cody and AEW was always not Cody and AEW. It was like Cody's little universe 
And then you had AEW here. And even this early on, this was just such an odd fucking match. And, you know, I don't even know if I can say it's good or bad. I just feel like it is a true testament to where we ended up today. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm going to give it three stars. <laughs> What's wrong, Pat? Where you at, buddy? I ain't never seen you argue me. I don't on, think man. I've seen no. Cortland be disappointed at you like he just was. I like... Listen, man, Cortland's not even been a dad for a year. That's the most disappointed dad look I have ever seen on that man's right. face. And I've known him for over a decade. That was stunning. He hit up. A... <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Dude, dude, can I go? Three stars. <laughs> anything else that you wanted to add there, Ethan? No, no, no. It's just this match just has left me torn. There's so much to process here. It's just... A weirdo fucking fest. I don't know, man. It's just a weird. Yeah, you got right. a dog in the ring. Tommy Dreamer, Sean Davari. What do any of these fuckers have to do with you, bruh? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> bruh. Go ahead. Go ahead, Pat. Go ahead, Pat. Go ahead, Pat. Look, look, look. All right. I'm going I'm to keep this a whole 1,000, bro. Any person that listens to this podcast, I'm going to just say, bro, if you don't know, I have the least amount of wrestling knowledge out of everybody in this podcast right now. So my opinions are strictly from a more than casual watcher, but big fan of wrestling. Regardless, what the fuck ever. If you're listening to me right now, this match was fucking dog shit. Like, it wasn't good at all. I don't give a fuck. Like, what anybody tells me, it was not a good match. Um, I'll say this. I'll say this as well. <laughs> I'll say this as well. You know, when everybody was on Twitter talking shit about Cody and everybody was hating on Cody doing all this shit for the past two years, my ass, you know, my ass was like, I don't get it. Why does everybody hate Cody Rhodes, man? Here he he gave everybody what they wanted. He, he, he was part of the deals, you know. He was the homie. He was the liberator, whatever the fuck he was going by. Whatever the fuck. I don't give a fuck. Listen. He ended racism, right? He ended racism. He had the goofy, goofy, whatever, 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 whatever. Fuck off. Look, 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 listen, listen. He got (laughs) testified. Sorry. Yo, 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 yo. That's why Brandy came out twice. Shut shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Go ahead. <laughs> Look, yeah, as I was saying, um, I, you know, I didn't understand the Cody rotate. Two seconds into this intro, I got it instantly, bro. Like, I, I was like, yo, I hate this motherfucker. <laughs> 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 he walks out. First of all, first of all, Tommy Dreamer? Like, yes. <laughs> he walks out with Tommy Dreamer's old fucking pool hall looking bitch ass, and I'm like, oh, you, you, see, you see this? I've never seen wanted to see somebody trip down a flight of stairs so like before in my life. And, you know, DDP's there, and I'm like, cool, DDP's there. But then you know, Pharaoh the dog. I'm like, oh my god, what, what, who is this nigga? Like, why, why dude, bro? You <laughs> you. You did not say anything about Georgia legend Glacier, and that's upsetting. Why is that, bro? Dude, we didn't ask for any of this shit. <laughs> Yo, and check this out. This right here shows me that before AEW was even a thought, Cody knew what he wanted, and that was right to the top. So he could have his dog fans. <laughs> Come on, dude. Brandy getting her own entrance. Dude, it's just like the match itself, bro. 
what the fuck ever. Like, Nick Aldis, you know, I'm not the biggest fan, but honestly, he was the one cool thing about the match. I didn't like watching Cody fucking crawl into his wife trying to, oh, babe, I'm hurt. Like, I, I, I couldn't stand it. I, I, hate, I was so glad when this match was over. When he hit the crossroads, like, probably, like, five, eight minutes into the match, and it was a two count, I literally walked out the room because I was so fucking mad. <laughs> <laughs> There's still more of this shit. <laughs> Done. I have nothing else to say. What'd you give it, though? Uh, two stars. Okay, gotcha. Respect. Sure. Um, I don't want to know Cortland's just yet. Casey, let's go to you first. <laughs> oh, man. Make me a plate, okay. Casey. Okay. Make okay. me a plate. I think I figured it out finally. Oh. I think I figured out why everyone hates Cody. Oh, we all did, buddy. So, because he Cody sucks. spent all of his developmental years in the WWE, and who was the one person on top the whole time he was there? John Cena. He's John, a of John Cena. fucking Cena. And his at red first, blue is fucking Fruit Loops cards, and at right? first, getting the developing John Cena roads. On the indies, you're just happy he's free and he's happy. But then as soon as AEW starts and you soon you just see just it just keeps going. We get the fucking TV show. We get the fucking second TV show. We get fucking I'm in all these ma- I'm the only one that comes through the fucking center of the entrance ramp. I'm he just became Everything that we all fucking hate, which is John Cena. <laughs> yeah. This like, is exactly, that is for word for word what I was going to say about Cody Rhodes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I took it from you. No, go ahead. I'm, it, I'm like, glad that you said it, not me. It was like, I, just hearing like Ethan talk about it, it like, it like clicked. I'm like, that's what I've been missing. I was like, what, what, what have I been trying to compare him to? And it's, it was right in front of me the whole time, but he, I couldn't see him. Um, the match is fine. Fucking, I'm surprised no one commented on Nick Aldis dropping an elbow on fucking Brandy. It made oh, me laugh. <laughs> <Dude, laughs> bro, how could how could we notice that with all these theatrics Cody had Listen, going on? Man, he was almost that dead. Shit dude. So bad, and then they zoomed in on it and put it into slow mo. Yeah, yo, why she sound like that? You saw the way she sold that elbow. <laughs> <laughs> like lifted herself up about a whole solid second after it. I threw one arm in there. It was fucking horrendous. I would have appreciated she did the Devon shake afterwards. Like Guerrero's. I mean, there's there's not much else I can really fucking say about this match that hasn't already been said. It it was I think one of those matches going into it when it when I first watched it on pay per view that I was like, this actually might be good, and it was like, okay, like yeah, that was fine i felt like there was too much like extra shit ironically enough tommy dreamer is involved so it makes sense booking wise um but like mm-hmm. t- two and a half Hell yeah <laughs> i don't know where i don't know where you're going i don't know what you're gonna say and i think that's the most compelling part of me passing this off to you right now is that I genuinely don't have a read on it. So please, sir, the floor is officially yours. Can I just ask one favor of you? Oh, God. It's yeah. not yours. Yeah. Don't 
don't make me be the highest rating on this match. Too late. Okay. Okay. Well, um, uh, I'm sorry, bud. You are gonna be. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm probably gonna be the lowest. I gave this a star and three quarters. Cortland, Cortland just went like this. Cortland hit the Dave Batista. Yep. Okay. <laughs> What is Jeff Hardy to save the day? (laughs) Yeah, I wanted it to be higher, okay? I'm not one of those guys that hates Nick Aldis. I do think that a lot of his matches can be boring. He's not exactly the guy that everyone wants. Does he fit NWA wrestling? Yes. 110%. You put that guy on a 10 by 10 you put the NWA championship on him, he looks like the NWA champion. Okay, I'm not gonna argue. Out of ten out of the ten of his matches, guarantee you six of them are gonna put you to sleep. Okay, that's just a fact. It's one in six. It's just one of those things. <laughs> Cody in this match is like y'all said. It's the same shit that we've just seen over and over and over again. Uh, I think that having all these random ass people to be involved in this just feels like I just watched another Tommy Dreamer match, but John oh. Cena was kind of in it. Um, and then like. You just get the the only really cool shit that came from this match was DDP hitting a diamond cutter that the crowd loved. And then you have David Devar. He's just there. Devari's there. He's, he's I don't really know what he does, but I was super glad to see him. Oh, he's he's the one that great. he's the one that that shoves the shit out of DDP. He, sho- he shoved DDP. Yeah, 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 yeah. he shoves the and fuck out of him. Yeah. And then he's the one. So, I love that moment. However, if this is the last time I ever watch this match, it'd be too soon. Um, I think that this match is what made me realize I didn't give a fuck for Cody. Um, In the long run, uh, I want to be a Cody fan. I rode for Cody uh, really hard during the, like, Ring of Honor, my ring, kiss the ring. I loved that shit a lot. I thought it was really good work. Uh, it's just what we have seen now is like what Casey said. It's, I feel like he's trying to follow in the trajectory of like a John Cena, a Batista, of the rock, like all these people that he's just never going to amount to. And I feel like Cody's biggest problem, and this is straight from the heart is because he knows that he can't fill his brother's shoes and he knows he can't fill his dad's shoes. So he overly tries to do all the extra shit coming out of the center of the ring doing this, trying to do this flashy thing that I've never done. I'm going to do this. But, like, at the end of the day, dude, how many fucking times do you have to fuck up a scoop slam for me to determine that Dustin Rhodes does it better? How many times do I have to see you do some type of fucking sling shot kick thingy that everyone else in the Indies has done way before you decided to show up, and you did it three times in this match, and none of them fucking connected? Stop doing it. If two of them were supposed to work and none of them caught, Give it up, you know. Like, go ahead, Casey. Go ahead. Please tell me you caught that thought. No, I, I don't ever want to be scolded by you if I was your child. That shit hurt my feelings. I, 
I just want to throw in that you misspoke and you said that Cody comes from the middle of the ring and all I could think about was him ripping it open with like a full-on <laughs> another neck when he pulls people back. Back. the thing game. about it is the odds are Cody has dreamed of doing just that <laughs> oh my god it just doesn't work pal but we tried imagine <laughs> In the deleted scenes of Roads to the Top, I guarantee you he's been to Brandy, I had this dream last night. I'm going to come out through the fucking ring. He's got a paper and he's like, you see, we got the the W here and then it it goes in and then I come out and then it closes up underneath. Dude, how like a weird that? glass pod, like a, a snow globe, and then you hear wrestling has more than one greatest nightmare. How many bad ideas, <laughs> Cody, do you think Tony has cut cut down? That's why he left all of them. <laughs> He's like, you know who would love this shit? Vince. Vince would be like, fuck yeah, I'll check off on it, buddy. Hey, man, I, I genuinely hope that Cody goes back to WWE. I think that um, you fuck it, man. You deserve to be there. If at the end of the day, you've said it yourself, that company has only shit on the roads decades. They put your dad in fucking polka dots. They put your brother in gold paint. He's never been the same since. They put you in gold fucking paint until you ran away. And they eventually give you your name back after years of you fighting. And you think they're just going to let you fucking walk back in there? They gave you your last name because you're not coming back as Cody Rhodes. You're going right back to Stardust. They gave up that name because they don't give a fuck about it. Because it doesn't hold weight. You made your weight weightless. Lord have pound ass boy. I'm so glad you saved him for last. Yes. I'm sorry, man. This shit. Because this is a... This moment, this match is meant to be important, and it feels important. That's why the crowd cares. This finish is fucking dog shit. It is not good. But at the yeah, end of the, the day, everyone's clapping because they, it's a legacy. That's, yeah, that's like the weird part. Because like, the all those motherfuckers jumped up and cheered for yeah. him. Because it's a legacy thing, man. You want it to happen. It's the same thing as... Uh, Undertaker at WrestleMania. It doesn't fucking matter if the botch for his 20th win would have been a botch or it would have been shit. People would have cheered for the pure fact it was a three count and the streak didn't end. People yep. are going to be happy no matter what because another Rhodes is holding the NWA championship on 70th anniversary. That's what matters. They don't care about the match itself. They care about the legacy that is being left for a company that a lot of people cared about. But like, if I'm if I'm NWA, I want Cody Rhodes in my company. It's a legacy name, you know? That's the last name that put this company, this belt, this lineage over. But, like, sure what does it truly benefit you other than two and a quarter star matches every fucking week on Grapple? Like, All right. Sorry, we're moving on. Thank goodness. We need to move on from Cody Rhodes. It's not Rhodes. good. Don't it's- go back. It's That's bad. why this whole shit's free on YouTube. Sorry. We're going to put a, put a, put a muzz on that court. <laughs> <laughs> Joey Janela with Penelope Ford versus Hangman Adam Page is your next match. Uh, it's a Chicago street fight. It was really weird seeing a lackluster reaction for Adam Page considering like what he yeah. gets now. Like He gets like a yeah. hero's welcome every time he, was he comes out. Because he was the unwanted child of the Bullet Club. He was. Yeah, Everyone he fucking hated him. People wanted Chase Owens more than you wanted Hangman Adam Page. That cornball piece of dog shit. Um, 
The match would have been great if it went half the time yeah, that it did. It literally was a, a 20 minute match of them beating the shit out of each other. It was fucking funny as fuck. The powerbomb off the stage where Joey Janela about dies. No big deal. Casual. Thought it was fucking great. I thought those pods were fucking dumb and awesome and I loved it. But 20 minutes? Dog, come the fuck on. Come on now. Um, Hangman hits the dead eye, which was called the rite of passage at the time, off of a ladder through a table, pinning Janela for the victory. I fucking, it was whatever, man. It was three stars. Uh, Ethan, what'd you go? Three stars as well. Um, I just, I'm not going to harp on any of it too much. It went too long. Um, and I don't want to say, to go back to my tried and true, that Tony Khan, you know, he did pluck Hangman, obviously, but I don't want to say he shouldn't have plucked Janela. Um, but I think they should have totally rerouted how they did him because Janela ain't meant for these 20-minute pay-per-view matches, man. You know what I mean? He has he has shit that he can do, and I think he could be used better in AEW than he is, you know, but I just, for some reason, they just totally feel like misread how they should be using him. And, yeah, but for the spots, three stars. It ain't nothing more than that, though. Um, and one other thing to mention is, like, just seeing Hangman come into his own, because he just got back from the G1 after this, where he faced Okada, Suzuki, everybody huge in Japan. Um, and I forgot about it until Excalibur mentioned it on here, and I'm like, man, I need to rewatch that shit. Because I watched that whole G1 that he did, but now I'm sitting here thinking, damn, like the Hangman we know now, I want to go back and watch those matches. And just but, see. Yeah. Um, real quick note, Joey Janela today did an interview with De uh, Denise Salcedo and said that he is not re-signing with AEW. I saw that. I saw good. that. Good. I mean, good. I mean. Why? Why would he? Um, yeah. Casey. This has Joey Janela booking all over it. And not even like in a negative way, but like it's all the way to the barrel. It's like Cracker Barrel. Oh, the, the barrel the cracker oh, barrel barrel. Crackers fucking, fucking with a barrel. God. Um And yeah, I, I think like if it was a uh 10, 12 minute match, Joey Janela booking, solid. Twenty, Joey literally almost dies. Like that whoever was like we I can I can eat you down over these stairs onto a table. Oh, no problem. <laughs> grossly, grossly miscalculated how far of a, of a drop that was. Holy shit. Um, I feel like the biggest issue is, like, I know, I'll, like, for the good amount of people there and a good amount of people watching it, we're watching Being the Elite religiously, hmm. but there's a lot of spots that if you were not watching Being the Elite, you have no fucking idea what they're what they're referencing at all. Fuck. Like, I forgot to mention something I wanted to mention here, not to interrupt you. By all means. Joey Ryan, right? Good. Stop, bro. We're not there yet. Just give me a minute. I'll get there right. afterwards. My bad. They just had his honky ass in a U-porn shirt covered in blood before the match even started, so I figured it was worth a mention. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my god. Well, I'm gonna speed they this up. They just had his honky ass in a U-porn <laughs> short covered in blood before the match even started. So I thought it was worth the mention. Um, oh, I forgot man. where it is in the match, but Joey 
Joey Janela does a really long run, and it's one of the goofiest fucking runs Dude, I've ever seen I in my entire life. Just like one of my first notes, it says, does Joey Janela have the ugliest run in professional wrestling? <laughs> It is bad. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Oh, um, it's like it is. Smackdown versus Raw, fucking. Yeah, it... <sighs> hey Pat, can you run like that in Texas for me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm giving it. I'm giving it two Don't and a half. Break. I'm giving it two and a half because they at least tried. But yeah, it just went on too long. It's just. Oh fuck. Uh Pat, let's go to you, bud. I gave it three stars. Um, I agree. It definitely was too fucking long. But, I mean, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed what I was watching. Um, I'm going to say something, and hopefully, like, this doesn't offend the person I'm talking about. Uh, God. But, uh, Joey Janela, one of the funniest things about Joey Janela is, like, his, like, walk when he, like, wrestles and shit. When he's, like, tired, you can see, he has, like, this super feminine walk, like, where he's just, like, <laughs> just like I know around, like, <laughs> and I fucking love that because I feel like he does that shit on purpose. Because just to go with the whole, it's like, like an extra cell. Yeah, it's like, just like a part of him. Exactly. Right like, um, I don't, I don't know what's going on in that man's personal life. Um, just think, in Dallas, <laughs> you're gonna see him in Expo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, I didn't even think about that. Oh, God, I'm so excited to You ready for 35 minutes of fucking Joey Janela, bud? Because we're getting a long one that night. The motherfucker's going to have an hour booked out. He's going to be like, yep, Blue Meanie comes out for no fucking reason. Then we're going to have Kevin Nash there. We're going to have all the old fucking DX Maybe. guys. Road Dog, yep, Billy yeah. Gunn. All of them are coming in. They're going to beat the fuck out of me. Then I'm just going to have Penelope Ford show up, beat the fuck out of them. I'm going to have all the dudes from fucking JCW come out. It's going to be a war against DX. They're going to have fucking Mini Tank. Then you're going to have fucking all the JCW guys beating the fuck out of those old fucks. It's just going to be an overbooking Damn. piece of dog shit. And we're going to fucking be there to witness it, bud. I'm trying to get Teddy Hart, buddy. <laughs> you want to talk about my cats, bud? I just I just now am picturing fucking Blue Mini and uh, Shotzi's tank. Just coming oh out to the God. You know what would make it all better? If in the middle of all this happening, Ninja Mac just walks and falls off of the top of the balcony. <laughs> and just finds the closest table. Just takes a little shoulder dive. Rolls it out. Dude, we should be able to book a match one day. Just a clusterfuck of Dude, us all throwing in a spot we... or two. <laughs> I would just have PCO fall off a building. <laughs> can we have like pco and ninja mac fall from the same place at the same time and see who see touches first who hits first Listen, that's the winner of the do, match we do got we do have speedball mike bailey versus pco happening soon so it's uh, in buddy, the we're realm, gonna be there for it's that. in the it's realm of possibilities up I want them to be at the top of whatever venue this is, and I hope that they have rafters. And PCO just takes a crazy bump through light tubes and tables alike, and he just gets right back up like the fucking nutcase he is. <laughs> I just hope G.O.D. shows up for no reason just and to throw him off of the... T <laughs> I want Mike and Bailey Mike to Bailey do a springboard forward. kick... To PCO's face as he's on the top rope and take a bump straight to the outside. No table, just to the outside. I want PCO to 
<laughs> take years off of his life for my entertainment in Dallas, Texas. That's what I want. Mike, here's what I want. No, 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 no. <laughs> We're getting too far off. We're getting too far off. We're going to wrap it right here. Open over podcast listeners. While we're in Dallas, Texas, I'm going to do my best for myself, Pat, and All Mike right. to get a picture with PCO. Please. If he's still on. Yes. It will be our new uh, – we'll just put it out once a week. Carlin, what the uh, fuck did you go on this? Uh, I gave this three flat. I uh, <clears throat> I really enjoyed Penelope Ford in this match. I think that uh, her timing was really cool. Um, she looked like a star. It looked like they put her over as one here. Uh, it's really cool seeing Paige sell for it. Um, the scariest spot of this match by far is uh, the table spot. Uh, the power bomb, like, right? On the cracker barrel. Uh, no, like from the rampway, catwalk, oh. whatever. Because um, they set up two tables. You know, I was to see during the replay that, like, Hangman could have taken an extra step, but, like, he would never know <laughs> that he could. Like, he can't, he can't see. <laughs> so I like, this spot's just to the crazy, crowd. man. Did he miss? He missed the step. Oh, yeah, because oh, one too wow. far. <laughs> <laughs> like what? The- <laughs> yeah, yeah. It could have been so bad. Um, so like considering, <laughs> considering what could have happened, uh, is really cool. And uh, for him to do the uh, the ladder spot to the table in the end for your finish uh, feels big. It was cool. The crowd loved it. So I ate it up. Like you said, it doesn't need to be 20 minutes long. You could have done it in 12, 13 minutes, and the crowd would have loved it and ate it up. So, you know. Oh, all right. Well, Three uh, stars. Do, do we have to talk about the post-match? Uh, the Dick Druids come no. out. That's a that's no. a Casey term. Uh, and no. Joey Ryan makes his big return. The first Dick that walks out is Brandon Cutler, in case y'all didn't notice. Um, and uh, I finally have one, I have one quote from the night. Uh, and that is this phalanx of phalluses lining the entranceway, which was Excalibur yeah. talking about dicks. Finding out that first dick was Brandon Cutler is worth the scene. Go watch it again. He's sitting there trying not to laugh, walking out. He's like, why is it me? I'm a dick. Listen, he had the balls to do it, okay? Oh, fuck off. This uh, is all Joey- I'll say on this. I'm just glad Tony Khan watched this. And even before Joey got canceled... He, was like, he chose to not put this fucking cornball on television because he was yeah. never fucking good. Joey oh, I mean, his... you can watch Lucha Underground and figure out that he's a fucking freak, but I mean, you know. Joey does his new, like usual dick spot and his usual stick. The dick druids take Hanger away, and we're finally off to the next match. It doesn't get much better from here uh, because we have Jay Lethal walking to the ring. And Don't he's let being me have given, this one. He's <sighs> given uh, Macho Man glasses and then gets slapped in his <clears throat> shoulder to be turned into black machismo i don't fucking know man we get uh jay lethal defending the ring of honor world championship uh with lanny poffo in his corner against flip gordon well with brandy Rhodes. um lethal's ring of honor run was great he put on some bangers but they were very much a formula based thing and at this point i think i was just tired of it um it just did nothing for me like um i don't fucking know dude uh he flips from Black Machismo to Ring of Honor Lethal to Black Machismo. Uh, um, flip sucks. Uh, lethal wins via Lethal Injection, which looked fucking awesome. I love that move. I think he does it really well. Um, post-match, the Code of Honor is met, but Billy, uh, Bully Ray attacks both men. Colt Cabana comes down to make the save. Two and a quarter. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Uh, 
Cortland. Uh, I gave this match a star and a half. <laughs> half a star. I'll go star and a half. Um, it is my Cardi match of the week. Here you have it. This is a bunch of ha ha bullshit. Uh, crawl between your legs. Even Colt Cabana comes out to do his corny shit too. Uh, nothing but love. Colt Cabana is better than both of these fuckers. Oh, That's for sure. Not uh, nothing. I have nothing but love for Colt Cabana. But it makes sense that if you're gonna, if he's gonna come out, it's he's coming out of this match. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's nothing else to say about this match. Go ahead, Pat. Um, I don't know what the fuck to say. Two stars, half a star. Who gives? A- dog shit like it's it's look i'm not here to tear down a black man's art but it wasn't very artistic if you ask me um i didn't enjoy this match literally at all um i was trying to find a word for it earlier when we were watching it and Cortland, well Cortland said carney shit and i was like damn dude i think i might have to say that for this match because that's really all it really i don't care at all brandy Rhodes. Right. I will say the call <laughs> from Don Callis is so funny in the beginning because they're like, uh, I think it was Excalibur was like, well, he, someone said something about Brandy coming out and Don was like, I don't like that at all. Cody's getting work done and bringing food to the table and she's sneaking out the back door to be with Flippy. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny because he uh, called him Flippy. <laughs> Ethan, what you got, buddy? Man, I don't want to spend too much time on it. I could go on a tangent. I know you can. But, you but I'm not. I know that you don't want me to. Everybody's sitting here ready to go home. So I'll I'll keep it simple, be quiet, and respectful, Ethan. Oh, yeah. They say everybody sucks. Yeah. Uh, two stars. Yeah. There's what y'all want from me. What you got? No, bud. Go ahead. Let loose. No. Give me uh, one minute of you letting loose. Just a solid uh, minute. I'm yeah. not because I could Flip. offend some people. Flip. Flip. Go ahead, bud. Who gives Flip. a fuck? Look. Buddy, I need you to flip your flip your narrative and control it this time around, okay? <laughs> this is just to me was my reminder that this is a Ring of Honor show, and it sucks. Just like everything they did just about in the year 2018. They shit the bed at Madison Square Garden with New Japan Pro Wrestling, and motherfuckers, New Japan ain't done a joint show over here with anybody since. And here you are. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, is New Japan putting out good product themselves anymore? They're not, but they're worth way more than. Never mind. Yeah, you're right. That's right. We're good. We're good. Go ahead. Oh God! Go ahead. Whoa! 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 Uh, fuck Flip Gordon, you flat earth piece of dog shit. Never come to AEW. Yo, I know the young bucks want you there, but no, we're good on you. Um, Earlier, we were watching this bat, <coughs> and Flip Gordon lands a drop kick. That looked really great. And Pat said, shit, with drop kicks like that, there must be a flatter. <laughs> That's funny. That's it. Yeah, me dying. <laughs> I'll give it a star and I'll move on. Casey. Uh, I'll love you. I'm just, I'm just going to read this kind of just line for line to get this over with. I have Flat Earth versus Black Machismo. Um, fitting that during the match, Flip would embody Hulk Hogan. Yep. Yep. I'm giving it a gentleman's two. Uh, and I said, oh, look, Bully Ray, as if we didn't have enough pieces of shit on this card. Oh, the three grown Bully. men could barely live his fat ass off the ground. Ring of Honor. Dude, Ring I think it's funny. That I think, can, I, can I ask something? Hmm? 
I think it's hilarious that Bully Ray was so fat that the table didn't break. It collapsed. <laughs> it you know what took I think three hilarious? grown men to do the <laughs> shield powerbomb, and they could barely get him barely off the ground. We're you know what I love? positive here, but fuck Bully Ray. The fact that he said, oh, shit, as he was getting powerbombed, as if that would make me care about his worthless ass in the team. Oh, my God. Oh, my Him God. walking to that ring meant nothing to me. Yep. All right. Anyways, Let's move forward the... to the best match on this fucking card, yes. which was Kenny Omega versus Penta El Cero. Uh, to contrast the previous match, this fucking rocked. Uh, Kenny Omega was arguably the best wrestler in the world at this time, and I would say Penta was the most underrated wrestler in the world at this time. And so for them to like have a showcase here was fucking great. Um, they killed it with the time that they had. There was a spot where Penta hits a package pile driver on the apron. Ooh. slides Kenny back inside and then hits a fucking double stomp and I was like I want to throw up that was like the coolest fucking one two wombo combo I've ever seen um, I loved it thought it was awesome um, the back and forth like sliding out of each other's finishers and making shit happen was fucking awesome it was compelling it, it felt good and felt like these guys could beat the fuck out of each other and anybody could have won but Omega wins uh, via one winged angel I went four stars flat on it um Casey, um, where do I where do I start on this? It's, this might be a hot take. Um, because of the, because of this match, and y'all can hate me, and I don't give a fuck. Um, I feel like Excalibur and Ian Riccoboni should be the only two people commentating for AEW currently. Um, I feel like they both understand their assignments, and yeah, they say goofy shit, especially on this card. But like, they're both great together. I think they mesh well together. Um, I loved this match. It was my favorite match then. It was my favorite match now. Um, I'm not going to get into specifics, but even the shit that happens after, like, all of it is fucking great. Um, that fucking package pile driver on the apron's brutal. Omega's pile driver in return later is fucking gnarly as shit. Like, I literally thought, uh, I thought Pentagon hits his fucking head. Like, I literally thought he got spiked on his fucking head. Um, I give it four and a half. I love it. I love it. it. I love I it. I love that. Um, Cortland. Uh, I love this match for a lot of reasons. My only gripe is my same gripe with Kenny Omega that I've always had. It's a lot of Kamikami Ha uh, build up. Take 20 seconds while someone's selling for fucking ever outside of the ring waiting for you to jump. Um, but other than that, uh, this is a great representation of what top athletes in professional wrestling looks like. Uh, Pinta is one of those guys that can mesh with anyone from any culture. Doesn't matter if you're from America, went to Japan, and you work that like in between style, he can mesh with you any way he can. Um, it's really cool to run this back and like see the trajectory of where both of them are at now. Uh, I do love Ray Phoenix, but I do think that Penta is such a big character and so important to Lucha Wrestling that it would be a shame for him not to get a singles run in AEW, um, especially after seeing this match. Like uh, Ethan said a few times, if Tony Khan is watching this event, how are you going to say you're not trying to get both of these guys, no matter how big the bill is? You know, they put on a fucking showcase here. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I think that, like Mike said, them 
escaping constant finishers with each other. I believe Penta got out of the one winged angel four times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He did like, everything he and, and he, it looks fucking great, man. They just really mesh well together. Uh, I don't have any gripes about this match, and I stand with Casey. This is four and a half stars. I love that. The best part about the finish is that Penta's still fighting to get out of it. Yes, I was that's also going to mention that to you. Well, that's, it's that's like the whole story. Like I kicked out, but I kicked out at three and a half on the, but I yeah. still kicked out. Cause the whole, and that, I cause, always love that. Because especially at this point, this is we're we're on the heels of one of the arguably best matches like of the decade being against Okada, and it's like you do not want to be in that position. Like you do not kick out of that fucking one wing angel. Like it's just not happening. So like yeah, the fact that he's like finisher, he's man. like get the fuck away from me as much as possible. Yeah. So it's it's great. Yeah, man, I I really enjoy I enjoyed them like doing each other's or attempting to do each other's finishers because uh, sometimes that like you see it in the Nick Aldis match with Cody and like it it just fucking it didn't feel right it, it just felt like it didn't belong but in this match it did this match felt like whatever you can do I can do better and that's really what pro wrestling is about you know and it was believable that's the well, they're oh, also that's they're the also showing the story where you have Penta doing that fucking nasty arm thing that he does yeah and so, and so kenny's, kenny's have is selling the shit out of his arm and is like how the fuck am i gonna do the one wing angel because that's the arm i need excalibur to, says to, that yeah. on commentary yeah too. It's, it's like oh fuck like that's like kind of a scary thing for him to think about and he still like overcomes that it's the guy i love this goddamn match uh Pat, yeah, man, this is uh, one of my uh, i went four stars on it um i know earlier i said my highest rating was three in three we initially said five stars this match, so <laughs> like it's just been teetering all day, but yeah, four stars. Um, I mean, it's a phenomenal match, it's not more you could ask from two of phenomenal athletes, you know. Nobody really, you know, we had a conversation in our other group chat the other day about Mount Rushmore's, and I feel like a person that doesn't get mentioned enough is Penta, and I get it 100%. I understand like 100% why I think he it's, doesn't, but... it's just, I think it's because there's not been a lot of. Unless you unless you watched him in Mexico, yeah. overall besides it, the short period of time that he was in Lucha Underground and now in AEW, he just hasn't had the time. That but like, event yeah. picture match. But like, yeah, like, you watch him, you're like, that. fuck, he's impressive. He's so impressive, <laughs> and I feel like it, I feel like it is time. Like I feel like it is time that Penta gets like his best singles run that like push that I feel like everybody's been waiting for. Um, this showed you back then how good he is, and we see every fucking week how fucking good he is. And obviously, Kenny Omega's Kenny fucking Omega, man. He's one of the best in the world, if not the best in the world. So it's, you know, it's just perfect match, man. It's really, really good shit from both people. Obviously, what happened after the match was even cooler. I, I feel like I'm not going to get into that. Obviously, I'll wait. But yeah, yeah four stars. Oh, one, one more thing I want to add is that I love that this match is not for the IWGP Championship. It feels more important. Like, this is for... Like, who the fuck is better? You know what I mean? And that's Mm -hmm. what just... Sometimes it's like the old phrase of, like, this person doesn't need a belt or this match doesn't need a championship. And this one absolutely did not need it. It it felt important to everyone in the room. Uh, Everyone's unglued, man, from within five minutes into this match. I don't think anyone's... Which is really hard to do when you have this fucking plus-hour pay-per-view, you know? Ethan, what you got on it, my friend? Um, I'm gonna be the low man on this one. 
which may come as a shock to some. Um, it's a really tough one for me. Um, first thing I'd like to say is it was the best match on the show. Um, it's the only match on the show that, to me, had a genuine big fight feel. Uh, Cody and Nick Aldis had a forced big fight feel. Um, but this one, it was like, these are two of the best wrestlers in the world. Let's just have them go at it. Yeah, um, like, you didn't have – the commentators didn't have to sell this match. They were selling the Cody and Aldis match. Like, it was the greatest thing they'd ever seen. Yeah, yeah and all you had to do was put Kenny and Penta in the ring together, and it was just Bill crazy. And, and the thing about it is, is I don't think they touched in the ring except maybe once prior to this. Yeah, they um, said, so, like, a six-man tag. Like, at, P- at PWG, uh, I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, for the uh, Battle of Los Angeles. Um, so it was almost like a battle of, you know, two different worlds at this point. You know, now we see them both as AEW guys tried and true. But at this point, it was kind of like, here's this huge, you know, Lucha star versus this huge, I'm going to say Japanese star, because until AEW, Kenny Omega was a Japanese wrestling America. star. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my thing with it was 2018 was one of Kenny Omega's best years. Um, it was a year where I didn't watch much wrestling except New Japan because New Japan was so good at the time. So like at the beginning where I said, you know, this show, I didn't even watch it in full. Like I heard Cody and them were doing this thing and it sold out and I thought it was cool. But I was just so out of American wrestling and so bored of American wrestling. I didn't even I literally YouTube someone that uploaded it the next day and I watched Omega Penta in the main event just to see. Um, and I hate that I'm so low on this because I even was when I first watched it. Um, and I first rated it three and three quarters. And that was honestly, I, th- I may have given it four stars when I first reviewed, it. but like, even then I felt forced with it. It's just because I saw everyone shitting their pants over it on Twitter. And I'm like, on this year where I saw Kenny, I gave Kenny Omega three, five star matches in 2018, which is crazy. It was the Okada two out of three falls, um, the Bucks versus Golden Lovers match, and then his match with Ishii in the G1. And then I gave him, I was counting them oh. up, I gave him seven, four and a half, and four and three quarters this year. Because he was just on fucking fire. And so when I watched this match, I was just like, okay, it just felt watered down. And I think it's because of the vibe of the show for me. It just felt like almost a... Well, also, they just this, got out of G1, didn't he? He did just come out of the G1, yeah. Like, my man is fucking tired, and he just put on a crazy-ass tournament before G1. Yes, exactly. And it's like, you know, I'm not complaining on it, because I understand why they would have... To me, it felt like if you put... I hate to say it this way. If you put those two on autopilot or whatever in a video, and they did their all their different stuff, that's what this was to me. And I hate to say that, because the stuff they do is cool, but even on the second go-round, I didn't get gripped by anything, really. Um, they did the stuff that I like to see them do, but it just felt like toying around until they got into all the big moves in near fall reversals. And it just, I did three and a half on it. Um, uh, cause I love these guys. I mean, you know, I suck Kenny Omega's butthole all the time on this podcast, but wow. yeah. What a um, sentence. I know. I was gonna, gonna go. Gotta, I, yeah, I, I, I know where you're going. I know where you're going. It was going. like you tried to bring it I back in, and then you just kept going. Butthole. <laughs> you're like, I'm gonna suck his. <laughs> Fuck, I'm gonna suck his asshole. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, no. They, I mean, they did a really good job. Um, I just hate that I don't like it more because everyone loves it so much, and I love these guys. Um, I think I, I think where like where you're coming from, and it makes sense, is that if you've been watching all Japan, all Japan wrestling, 
you've seen this stuff and you've seen what he can and can't do. And then, like, once again, like, if you've watched, like, like Lucha, like Lucha Underground and stuff, like, you've seen the Same. things that he can do. But then when you've got 10,000 people in an arena that may or may not have seen either one, it's like, let them fucking do all of the shit. Like, let, See, that's, them, let that's them have the thing. it. I think they worked this match the way they did because of that reason. Because I'm sure yeah. they knew, you know. There's going to be people here who don't know who either one of us are or don't know us that extensively. Or like, you know, I know a ton of people I used to meet that would be like, oh, you watch New Japan? You've heard of Kenny Omega, right? And all they've really done is watch YouTube highlight reels. And that's cool. But like, that's kind of the fan I felt like this was catering to, which yeah. is fine because it started a fucking revolution, no pun intended, you know, and that's sick. But, you know, for me, I was just like, it felt like, hey, here's these guys. This is what they do and nothing more. For me yeah um but it still was the best match of the night um three and a half stars bud i like it uh post match the lights go out and the crowd's confused uh but penta gets up and attacks omega and uh it turns out that it's chris jericho uh the crowd pop when he hits the first code breaker is so fucking sick because they're realizing, like, holy shit. Well, you start to get the realization before. Because everyone's like, everyone's like, wait a fucking minute. Like, those aren't his tattoos. I know those tattoos, they're like, yeah. oh, fuck. And then he hits it, and they go, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, and then you have the unmasking. Dude, people love Chris Jericho, man. Uh, he then says that he'll see Omega on the Jericho cruise, and that's the end of that. Um, so, quick question. Um, for anyone who may know. They already did Omega Jericho before this. In was Japan. this just building to a rematch on the cruise? I, I guess. They're just building yeah. the cruise. Yeah. That's interesting. Because they got uh, so much hype just for a cruise match. I don't yeah. know. Anyway. I think, I think he it, was sells, just, it was done he, so well. He it was just sells, like, no he's, those cruises out you made too, man. He sells two, those cruises out. You made two identical Pentagon gears. Like, no shit. Like, no, have you heard a story about that? <laughs> no. That's not the same gear. They were scrambling because the only other gear that Penta had was silver gear. And oh, obviously that's not him. Yeah. And so they they just tucked it in like he was like, I got dressed and went out immediately. Like I didn't have any time at all. I'll find the clip and I'll send it to you because him talking about it is like you put yourself in that moment. It's fucking crazy. It's such a cool thing. Fuck. Um not to bring the mood down, but we get a backstage bit with Marty Skrull. Um, uh, then, uh, we get Marty Skrull versus Kazuchika, uh, Kazuchika, uh, Okada. <laughs> Words. <laughs> Kazuchika Okada. Um, at this point, if Kenny Omega wasn't number one in your best wrestler in the world books, like, if he wasn't on that list, he wasn't number one, Okada was. Um, yeah. that's where we're at in the world right now. Um, Chicago showed the fuck out for Okada and gave him a very warm welcome, um, it wasn't the most offensive match to watch, but it's obvious that Okada had to, like, dumb his style down um, and, like, water his shit down to match Skrull. Back to being a young lion. <laughs> it was just obvious that this got carried. Um, it was whatever. Uh, double Rainmaker from Okada allows him to pinfall. It was fine. Three stars, whatever. Ethan, floor is yours, bud. Um... <laughs> I, uh, what? <laughs> he said three stars and Cortland went. Uh, <laughs> Just disapproval. Here's the um, deal, dude. I'm not about no, to shit on no. an Okada match that he flew over from Japan that's, to fucking work this year. I refuse. That's the gripe at this point. Yeah, so, um, I do want to preface it by saying this is real hard for me because I hate Marty Stroll. 
But you love um, Kazucho Okada. But... but but we know, you know, everyone here knows what's up with that, so I don't have to explain all that. Um, this was actually, but the thing is, I hate, I didn't like Marty Skrull as a wrestler before he got canceled. So this was even double less interesting to me. Like when I saw this card, this was the match where I was like, oh, that's going to really suck. <laughs> because Marty Skrull <laughs> is so self-indulgent and he wants to be Will Ospreay and Zack Sabre Jr. mixed together. And he just oh can't do gosh. it. And he's really, really not good at doing it. So, and then you got Okada, who is fucking Okada. But you also have Okada, who is fucking Okada. And we'll do that same match he always does. And when you don't have someone to kind of bump him up and push him a little bit, it's going to be kind of boring. Um, but here, I like this a lot, and I was shocked. I didn't want to like it, but I liked it a lot, um, mainly because of Okada. But Skrull's performance was better than most of the performances I've seen him have, to be honest. I've seen Passable. some very bad Marty Skrull matches. Um, but Okada here, I just feel like when he came to the States, um, at least at this point, was this the last time he was in the States? For it feels like it, yeah. Um, so he that's the thing. For, so maybe I guess I guess I could say, what were you gonna say, Mike? He was over in America for like the New Japan, the New Japan G One yeah. in Texas in 2019. That's what but he, he was also he, well, he was over here for the match against uh, Buddy Matthews. No, that was in America. That was New Japan thing, right? I, oh, the New Japan Strong thing. Am I crazy? It's I fine. fucking don't remember. He's but anyways, been over, he's been over since 2018 though. Um. But, like, if you guys haven't seen any of Okada's, you know, this is probably the last one I'd recommend, but when he first came to America in, like, 2014, aside from the TNA shit, I'm talking about when he was actually fucking Okada, when he came over for the ROH shows in 2014, 2015, and all that, he had this, just to me, even here, he had that same luster of, he knows he's a fucking star, and he knows people came to see him, um, and he gave him a show here. I just love Okada when he's good. And when he's on point. And 2018 was a fucking phenomenal year for him. Just like it was Omega. I don't know who I'd even pick as who was the best wrestler in the world that year. It's so fucking hard. Um, but I hate to give Marty Skrull a three and a quarter match in 2022. But I'm going to give it that. Um, good match. I Literally, if Marty Skrull wasn't a piece of shit, I would probably say it was the thing I enjoyed most on the show. Because I enjoyed it more than I did Omega and Penta. But I hate Marty Scroll, so it's tough. Uh, November twenty twenty one, he was over for Battle in the Valley against Buddy Matthews. That was in oh. California, so he's been over a few times. Um, Cortland, I, I know that you're contrasting what we're saying, so uh, floor's yours, bud. Go ahead. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I guess I am. Um, uh, I'll give this match two and three quarters, and it's all for Akata. Um yeah, I think that there's some good timing for Marty here. Uh, the umbrella spot was really good timing. Facial expression sold it. The crowd really loved that spot. Um, but other than that, I don't have a whole lot to uh, say. I think it was extremely underwhelming when I expected Okada to be put in this spotlight in America on a pay-per-view. I expected it to be against somebody like Kenny Omega. I expected it to be against somebody that I thought had more push behind them, but I'm thinking that I just forget how over Marty was at this time, because, dude, people ate up Villain Enterprise. Like, they ate it up. Um, which I didn't really get it, but a lot of people I yeah. know did. I, I, want, I want 
just to say out loud that I'm fucking pissed that my Brody King violence is the answer shirt has villain enterprises on the sleeve. It's got the villain enterprises right here, but I can't, I like have a hard time wearing it now because someone fucking ruined it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't want to go any further on this match. I don't have any notes. It, It was fine. Um, Okada deserves to be in this placement on this card. Marty Scroll does not. That's all. How, how'd you like that Okada dropkick, bro? Oh, gorgeous. Good. It's Love fucking that. gorgeous. <laughs> Love that. Casey. Um, I think me and Ethan talked about this one a little bit. And it was mm-hmm. just kind of the back and forth of like how confusing it was that they picked Marty of all people. Like, there's multiple times in this where they go, fuck him up, Marty, fuck him up. And I'm like, you are the most disrespectful fucking people. This is, this is Okada. Like, <laughs> and like, I was, I was telling Ethan and they, they comment on it when he's coming out. Like, we're in a weird Okada time because he has the red hair and he was just doing, he was doing the balloon shit. Yeah, he used to come and out like, with balloons. Cause like, he like lost his mind after losing to Omega and like there was a weird dark period for a couple of months there where everyone's like this is this is awkward but like yeah I just why Marty I just I don't understand he hit, like, just it's the friendship thing man they had I mean like yeah I, I understand not giving everyone fucking Omega Okada at all in I understand that but like there's so many other fucking people that would have worked better and it's if, just loyalty to a fault. Man. And if you didn't catch my comment, because I was rudely interrupting Mike when he was saying that they dumbed down, or kind of had to dumb his stuff down. I said, "Yeah, back to being a young lion, like that, uh, that far down." Um, yeah, oh, I'm yeah. giving it a three solely because I don't feel like Okada deserves less. No, yep. like it just it is what it is. Give him his plane ticket and get him the fuck home. Like, <laughs> um. Okay, uh, Pat, it's you, my friend. You are um, the ultimate gave, one here on this match. I gave it three stars. Um, <clears throat> it was a good match. I, I didn't hate it. Um, I didn't love it. Obviously, you know, the transgressions of Mari Skull and Okada being a god is really the story here in 2022. Um, but the match itself wasn't bad. It was kind of underwhelming. Um, I don't know. It, I, God damn, this pay-per-view was long. Like, so this match being where it was, was kind of just bad placement for me. I was exhausted at this point. So it's just like... It shouldn't have been 26 minutes long. God damn, no. No. God, was it really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can also tell, like, you can tell that they're obviously, I know that, like, they're not AEW yet, but, like, this is their first pay-per-view they're trying to run, and you can tell, like, like I said, it's going to have its issues and like them getting to the next match is an issue them trying to figure out where to go from like the announcer's table to the entrance ramp or like to the segment backstage like it's just yeah. always there's too much time in between everything like even your like your blow up for like your next match i remember one of the matches like just the flyer itself sat on the screen for 40 something seconds mm-hmm. like pat and i stood there like Fucking get it off the screen. Like, hurry it the fuck up. But, like, it just had yeah. so much stuff yeah. 
that like could have made this event better. Like you probably could have trimmed all 15 minutes on just getting to your next shit. Um, I just read something that said Dave Meltzer gave six matches, four stars and higher. Um, Rey Mysterio, yep. Bandito, and Ray Phoenix versus the Young Bucks and Kota Ibushi is our main event. Um, this fucking rocked. This yeah. was so goddamn good. I don't like how uh, fast you just segued away from that comment. I have to, right? I just have to throw it out there. It blew my mind when I read it. Um, it was so weird that, like, the Skrull Okada match ends and, like, they're immediately... Like okay, y'all are out. Entrances are in. Like they ran just... out of time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I watched. You this... hear Ian Riccoboni like he can't even sign off properly. He's like for the almost. No, it literally. I once again, I paid for this, this shit. It cuts off. They ran out of time. There's extra shit afterwards that no one got to see because Nuh-uh. they they ran out of time, like completely. I think if I'm not mistaken, like the actual pay per view, like it's like hard. I'm like, unless you got, like, the replay of it and they were able to, like, kind of fix it, like, I think this match gets cut off. Like, that's how okay. fucking rushed this shit is. Because their timing is all over the fucking place. Yo, I think this um, match did get cut. Dude, this ma- of all matches to cut, like, you couldn't have fucking taken time off of Joey Janela Adam Page. Um, fucking squirrel match that just happened. Yes, oh, cut that bitch in half. Uh, wash squirrel out in 12 minutes. That's my take. They... Dude, this was a full-blown lucha match that these six dudes threw on. And it was fucking great. It was a showcase for all of them. Um, Phoenix put on throughout this, and Bandito was arguably the most fun to watch. Like, he was fucking going wild. God damn it, I love him. Those flips that turn into a handstand. Like, fuck! That's cool as shit! Um, The crowd response when you had Ibushi and Mysterio tag in, and you just get the holy shit chant. 10,000 people jump out of their seats. Dude, that's as some chill-inducing shit, Holy shit. That's some you know, chill-inducing shit. It's You know what stuff. sucks? Fucking Ray, man. Like, he did this match, and I don't know if y'all... Did y'all know he worked New Japan after this and worked against Okada in a trios? No. No. Yeah, he worked... It was it was Mysterio, Kushida, and Taguchi versus Okada, show and someone else, I think. I gotta, I gotta watch that. And it's like, yes. bro, man, like, we were so close to having that dream run. Like, fuck. And then, and then he's like, oh, Dominic. Um, <laughs> the, the paychecks came back, man. <laughs> hey, um, hey, money talk, man. Money's hey, man, I get it. Melted driver on Bandito <laughs> for the Golden Elite victory. We had a three and three quarter star match. Uh, Pat, my man. I agree. Lord. Three and three quarter star match. Um, It was a fucking doozy like i i you know i was fucking like i said the last match i was fucking exhausted and i didn't know how i would make it to the pod honestly watching this shit back i was like i'm gonna fucking fall asleep before this podcast starts and then the main event happened and i mean corland made a cup of coffee we watched the main event and i was standing up the entire time it was just exciting it was just like what you want out of these six dudes in this ring what they gave you like just some of the most pure athleticism you could ever fucking ask. Crazy spots you can ask for. Just it was just fucking organized chaos. Always ride for that shit. I loved it. Three and three quarters, four stars on a good day. Fuck it. Love it, Cortland. I gave this three and three quarters as well. A huge shout out to Nick Jackson because he looked fucking yeah. fantastic mm-hmm. in this match. His uh, fire of comeback, a uh, hot tag was picture fucking perfect. Um, 
Shout out to Ray Phoenix, like you said. He does a really cool spot where uh, I think it was either Matt or Nick duck one of his, like, running across the ropes, ducks it, kicks the other person. Timing is just flawless. Crowd loved it. Um, you get the typical, like, WWE-ish spot um, where someone's standing outside, someone does a tope, then both of them stand outside for someone else to do a tope, yeah. then the three of them stand outside for the fourth person oh, to do one. Yeah. So we got that, but this time it just felt cool, man. You got uh, you got variations of them just like upping the move each mm-hmm. time. Uh, you got Ray doing his spin, and then you got uh, Phoenix doing his like bottom rope yeah. twirl spin tope, yeah. and then Bandito doing his from the turnbuckle. Like a psycho. Um, yeah, man, this crowd really ate it up. I loved Bandito doing the catch on the backflips. One of those times, uh, he does it, and Nick Jackson stops, looks right at him, and super kicks him. <laughs> right in <laughs> the fucking gut, dude. dude Just, uh... Uh, I laughed really hard at that. I was like, man, that is good shit right there. Uh, I like this match, man. It sucks that Rey Mysterio is uh, stuck playing the fucking uh, daddy daycare. Stop. Um, he won that ladder match fair and square. God damn it! He signed those fucking papers. It's his look, child. We, He's gonna protect him. Can we? Can we can, is nobody gonna comment on this man's outfit? <laughs> Wolverine. Hey, dude, there was sick. an OG Wolverine now. Who said that? Ethan did. He looked like a yellow Power Ranger, Ethan. That was still. It sick. Was I don't know what any of that shit means. I just he know what like, shit looked. He was like when I was dressed up. You know, I was like six years old at Halloween. Cut that party, city. <laughs> but yeah, man, I I don't want to shit on this match at all. I think it's really cool. It's really cool to see uh, Kota Ibushi here. Um, it's really cool to see him in the states, not dealing with WWE bullshit yeah. like he dealt with. But ooh, ooh. I want to add something. Um, I, I made this note earlier. It is crazy with the Bushi being who he is and like how amazing of a wrestler it is he is or whatever. And seeing him like kind of struggle to keep up with everybody in this match, there was just a lot everyone's going so in, fast. In all fairness, his yeah. tag partners are on a different fucking yeah. level, though. And even and there's oh. times where like Bandito and Phoenix are battling to be yeah. who's the fucking wildest in this match. Yeah. It's... yeah, and it's like, dude, go watch New Japan and then go watch AAA and see where these other fuckers come from. It's totally different style wise. Like, yeah, totally different. So wait, were you saying so that Abushi slower. was out of place or Mysterio? Abushi. I think I too because he fucking put on so much weight when he became a heavyweight he changed his style so much because he used to flip around so much more and like it's just so weird looking at him and like in this match he's like the big guy yeah. you know what I mean like and he never he was always the flippy guy so that yeah. is a funny point uh, there's what, one what did you... Go ahead. one more spot it was I gave it three and three quarters um one more spot that I enjoyed. We see it all the time uh, with the Young Bucks. They do that, like, uh, the running powerbomb to the corner while Nick does the that kick, kick to the back. back of the head. Oh, it's beautiful. Dude, and he, they hit this one, and uh, he doesn't make it to the turnbuckle because Nick's foot fucking stops him. <laughs> and I don't know if y'all noticed that. He does, but, dude. I mean, dude, he hits him, yeah. frame in the neck, and he just stops all momentum and just drops right in front of the turnbuckle. Yeah. No, it's and fucking it gnarly is, as shit. Who was mean, that on? Dude, I was like, this, like, good God. Fuck, who was, was that on? I forgot who took it, man, but it's, someone it's took only 11, it. It's only 11 minutes long. I'll rewatch it. I think they did it to Bam- Bandito, if I'm not. I could dude, be he wrong, took the shit. Yeah, it's it. fucking gnarly, dude. Because he wouldn't have kicked Ray like that. 
There's no way. Well, just dude, they kicked the shit out of him. They but fucking man, threw, if they would have thrown Ray like that, he would have gone over the turf. <laughs> the turf These are six, in the third row. <laughs> These are six good wrestlers that really benefited from being in the main event, even with a time crunch. Uh, it's just six athletes busting out their A plus game with each other. That's sick. Casey. I really, I, this is like a random tangent, but I like to collect uh, Lucha masks, and I really want a Bandito one, so I gotta like relook at them, because they're really hard to find. Not a lot of people make them. Um, that was just like a thought that came into my head. Um, I literally wrote <laughs> flippy shit in overdrive, three and three quarters. This is, yeah. there's so much crazy shit going on, I don't know how anyone was able to keep up on commentating this shit. <laughs> yeah. Especially do it, I'm doing a four-hour show and then doing the six-man with these people and be like, I'm done calling spots. I can't. They did a flip. Dude, they did another flip. You figured the fuck out. I found you the mask. They were cutting that shit. They are like, yeah, don't talk Link to it. people. Like me. Um, while you're doing that, what'd you go on it, Casey? Three and three quarters. Okay. All right, buddy. Pressure's, pressure's on you, and I know you're not giving it to it, so uh, way to ruin the... <laughs> The flow we had, Ethan. But go ahead. What'd you give this, my friend? What What did y'all all give it? Three and three, three, and three quarters. Oh man, fuck. I'm sorry, guys. Three and a half. Um, <laughs> I was sorry. expecting like a two. <laughs> oh, oh no, I'm man. sorry, I'm man. It was like a yeah, I, thought you kill, I thought you were about to kill this match, like for real. No, no, no. <laughs> no, man. I can't give almost any of these guys except Bandito anything lower than three stars. God damn. Um, All right, bud. I like Bandito, but he's had some he's had some rough ones. It happens. Um, yeah. He's had some rough ones. It happens. <laughs> um yeah. no nah, man, this thing was just so awesome. I just not to hype the young Bucks even more, but you know, considering they're the least well, I guess Phoenix and Bandito are least experienced, but the Bucks were kind of leading this match, as they almost always do when they command when they are in these big matches, and just to see them, even though, you know, the time constraints on the whole pay-per-view was fucked. The fact that they still went out there and they were able to be like, all right, we're still going to make this work and it's not, you know, going to be a mess. They've never worked under time restraints like this, you know, so for them to come out there and still be able to be like, all right, we're still going to be able to have a batshit fucking trios match that no one's let down by. I just think it's a testament to how fucking great they are. Um, uh, dude, imagine how much it helped having Ray in this match though, because he's used to time restraints. He's used to, he's the only one. He's yeah. used to count-ins yeah. and count-outs. Like, he was yeah. definitely a great person to have when you're in a time constraint. Did you yeah. hear – I don't know if – did you, could y'all hear the, someone calling out how much time they had left? Yeah, in the yeah. we got three left. We got three left. Yeah, I was just like, God, yeah. that fucking so you, sucks. There was, no, there was nah. no other way to get it done because they, they would have gone on for forever. Uh, yeah. yeah, but my, my biggest takeaway from it – my biggest takeaway from it was I really just wish Ray would have stuck around long enough to fucking be an AEW or just be a free agent and work more New Japan stuff like uh, dude Ray and Death Triangle would be so special like it would no. just it would feel complete uh, you know yeah and like not to while we were looking at it after I was talking about it I looked up those two New Japan matches he did and he had the one I mentioned but this is fucking wild and I don't even remember this happening Jushin Liger, Rey Mysterio, and Tanahashi versus Hangman Page, Cody, and Marty Scroll. What the <laughs> fuck? That sounds actually pretty sick. Yeah. Yo, <laughs> I I that, man. Holy yeah, fuck, exactly. dude. Check this oh, out. 
Dominion 2018, the same night Okada and Omega had two out of three falls. The whole sh- fucking do a show on it. <laughs> oh, oh it's Dominion, dude. I fucking that's such a good show. We now should, man. That how long did Omega Okada go that night though? An hour. Ninety. 90. It went an hour and a half. Oh my god. Ninety minutes. If that's the same Dominion Pat, match I'm thinking of, because they had two. Fly by, dude. It was five Those stars, one hundred percent. Yeah. It's probably the greatest match of all time, really. Dude, like, it's like... I hate to be that way, but it, I don't know if there's anything that's really close. Dude, like, like, that match is fucking nuts. 90 minutes, right? So I watched the CM Punk Chris Hero 92-minute IWA match, and I was yeah. like, okay, it was epic, but, like, four and a quarter, you know? But, like, I watched this Omega Okada match. That 90 minutes felt like 40. Like, yeah, so I've watched fast. I've watched 20-minute matches that dra- dragged on longer than their 90, straight up. And I, I didn't expect it to. I really didn't, but anyway, close the show out. Three and a half. Shout out to these boys for rocking it. Bring Mysterio back to AEW before he retires. That's oh it. man, leave yes. Dom. Yeah, unless you want to have him jobbed out to Hook, that'd be tight. Oh, I love it. Sure, I'd let his ass job to QT Marshall on Dark Elevate. I would not. Dude, be nice. <laughs> He's at least young enough to figure it out, dude. Holy shit. Him being QT Marshall, bitch ass. All right, y'all. Well, we made it to the end of the episode. Uh, Don't forget on Apple Podcasts on Spotify to uh, rate us and uh, give us five stars if you love us. Tell your friends about us. Uh, Let us uh, know what you want to hear. And, uh, yeah, y'all just stay great. Stay beautiful. We'll be back here next Thursday wherever you find your podcast. Upandoverpodcast.com to find all your merchandise. TikTok. Twitter, Instagram, at Up and Over Pod. Tell us that we're great. Tell us that we're beautiful. Tell us that we suck. Whatever you want to talk about. Y'all have a great week, and we'll see you back here next weekend.